Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay. But it's not just any bay. It's a Baywatch because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Mike Lison, And I'm Morgan Thrapp. And Michael, hey, guess what? We've got ourselves a brand new guest for this year episode. We do. Uh, for this episode, we brought in good friend, friend of the podcast, Reeves Richards, to talk about this episode. Hello, Reeves. How's it going, Michael? How's it going? How's it going, Morgan? It's it's um, nice to be here. Uh, <laughs> it's I'm ready. I'm ready to be released from this prison. Like, uh, uh, yeah, like I'm ready to I'm ready to be I'm ready to to jump into this. This episode of television, as it's allegedly called. <laughs> and, Was it uh, television, though? I'm not sure. I, I mean, well, I had to pay for like a Hulu subscription to watch it. So why it's on <laughs> I'm just kidding. Prime. Um, I I already had the Hulu uh, subscription. Never mind. It's all good. But yeah, uh, like I. But wait, nonetheless, on Hulu. What? I had to ruin. I had to ruin my Hulu algorithm for this show. I'm now going to be getting. <laughs> I going to be like the show was on Hulu. What? <laughs> yeah, no, it's on Hulu. It's remastered on Hulu. I got to watch this in like widescreen. It was I mean, super. Ooh, so do yeah, I, but I was. I got to watch it. You know, like fancy. Fancy pay watch. I got to watch it in 240p on Daily Motion. <laughs> there we go. See the original whoa. cut. <laughs> whoa, whoa, we don't condone piracy. Uh, yeah, we, <laughs> we uh, super do. Uh, the pirate episode was one of the better ones in season one, so I condone piracy personally. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I know one of us on this here episode here who probably for legal reasons cannot condone piracy uh, yeah <laughs> i uh i can't i'm afraid uh cut i don't know um buy music on Bandcamp. <laughs> there we go <laughs> um, it, it's it's the most eth- it's the most ethical way that i've i've found to consume music no so. <laughs> the most ethical way to consume music is to make your own Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, there we go. Put it on an eight track and then only give it to like your mom. That's yeah. And if you put it, <laughs> and if you put it on the internet, obviously an NFT. That's that's what you got to go for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Speaking of things I don't <laughs> want as an NFT, this episode. This is Baywatch oh season two, episode nineteen, the lost treasure of Tower Twelve. Now, before we fully get into all the background details, Shawnee, Shawnee, do where are you? <laughs> uh, a mystery to solve. Now, there, there wasn't. Sorry, yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> just because I know that there was a Gilligan's Island episode, not not to get anybody's hopes up. This was not a Scooby Doo crossover episode. This would have oh, been a good. Amazing. This would have been a good. This would have been a good episode of television if that happened. So, yeah, would it though? I mean, it, anywhere to go but up, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but this this episode, the the title is significant partially because uh, I guess I maybe from this episode, Baywatch's production company was called Tower Twelve Productions. Potentially because of this. Potentially because they shoot at Tower Twelve. I don't know. But I think the lost <laughs> treasure is syndication. And let's talk more about that. Uh, this episode was written by David Braff, no relation to Zach, and okay. Glenn Bruce, who wrote a show called Assaulted Nuts. <laughs> Excuse me, what? Yeah, All right, assaulted, so, nu- assaulted Nuts. Assaulted Nuts, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. 
yeah. yeah. Do you want to know about it? Was was this an episode of Alvin and the Chipmunks? No, better. <laughs> no, okay. Better. Oh, it was God. a comedy show meant to be in the style of Monty Python oh, and was no. created. No, no, no. No, this gets better. Created as a joint effort between BBC Four and Cinemax. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's a porn pun. No. No. Yeah, oh, yeah no. It, it literally is assaulted. Um, but oh, God. I, okay. Anyways, uh, <laughs> it was directed by Cliff Bull, who is known for directing a bunch of episodes of shows like The Six Million Dollar Man, TJ Hooker, MacGyver, and Star okay. Trek The Next Generation. So he has... Some directing chops. Okay. Um, and this was aired April 27th, 1992. Now, yeah. let's talk about some guest stars. Here we First go. First off, we have Brian Patrick Clark, who plays Beggs. Uh, he looks almost exactly like an older Brian Wilson or an yes, or a forever Ed Bagley Jr. Uh, I was trying to figure out who the fuck he reminded me of throughout this entire episode, but yeah, Ed Bagley Jr. a hundred percent. Yep, and uh, I'm gonna have to, gonna have to Google time. that. I don't know what? who that looks like. <laughs> oh no, yeah, no, look it up right now. All right. Egg Egg Bagley Jr. Not egg Egg Ed Bagley Jr. Ed Bagel. Ed Bagley. Anti Donna sketch. Yes. <laughs> egg. What? Guys, my name isn't Ed Helms. It's Egg Helms. What? Oh. Oh, I know exactly yeah. who you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He looks like okay. Ed Bagley Jr. Okay. or Brian Wilson. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, his top credit in IMDb is from a movie starring Amanda Bynes. So, you know, A-lister. Uh, nice. He was also in 13 episodes of the show Delta House as a character named Greg Marmalard, uh, <laughs> which I knew would make Morgan laugh. Uh it's a good name. That, ooh, 20, that yeah. Ooh. So oh, Delta better. Delta House, yeah, that I, sounds like that sounds like a frat house comedy. And more importantly, with with a name like that, that sounds like uh the the dweeb in like the rival the, the rival oh, yeah. frat. Like it they had to be him they call him Marma they would just call him Lard. They would just call yeah. him Lard, probably. Oh yeah. Yeah, right. Probably. Uh, mm-hmm. he was also in twenty one episodes of It Is Enough as Merle the Pearl Stockwell. Which Oof. Okay. great great name. <laughs> and he in the show Singapore Harbor USA, he played a character called Mac MacDonald. Um, mm. so just great, great character names along with Beggs. Uh, <laughs> just just the the oh man. Not <laughs> Mac McDonald, just depending on the time of which that was written, I was just like, Oh, okay, not not enough cocaine in the writing room, apparently. Nope. They're just like <laughs> they were they were coming down real hard on that one. They were just like, Ah, oh, dude, I just want to go to bed. Yeah, they need oh, to borrow some yeah. from Baywatch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, whatever. <laughs> uh next we have Stuart Fratkin who plays Clark. You may know him as, and I kid you not, his this character name is in all caps, Woodshop. In <laughs> uh, don't don't finish that laugh yet, Morgan. Uh, okay. In the New Adventures of Beans Baxter. Uh, do you know the plot <laughs> of the New Adventures of Beans Baxter? Hold on, of New Adventures. Know, the new <laughs> new the new, new adventures. adventures. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I have a plot description here. Teenage Beans Baxter's mailman father. Great start. Oh, God. (laughs) Great start. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Disappears one day, and Beans discovers that his dad was actually a courier for a secret government agency. 
What? Soon, Beans is drawn into espionage, becoming a secret agent for the government. Beans has many adventures <laughs> while his mother remains completely oblivious. Beans' ultimate goal <laughs> is to find his kidnapped father who's being held by enemy agents. Somehow, every time you said the word beans, it got funnier. I know. <laughs> I know. Now, yeah, was, I, uh, mm-hmm. do you just... want to watch that? Do you want to watch no, that? No, no. Okay. Because it's Beans okay. and not Mr. Bean. If you said Mr. Bean for every time you said Beans, <laughs> I'd be like, this you might actually. of Mr. Bean's Baxter. Yeah, yeah. If this was just, yeah. If this was just the new adventures of Mr. Bean and he was doing all that stuff, I'd be like, okay, this is funny. This will be fun. Well, Rowan Atkinson doing all that stuff would be good. <laughs> well, let's make it up to you with uh, another thing Stuart Fracken was in. Which is he played the main character Abe in the 1990 show, n- no, 1990 TV show called "They Came from Outer Space." Here is the plot: Two teenage aliens, Abe and Bo, travel the United States in a red sports car in an effort to pick up chicks and learn about life oh. on Earth. And they are pursued by a oh, pair of so U.S. government soldiers who would like to capture Abe and Bo for study. This is so 90s. So very, very yep. 90s. Yep. Yep. Now, I've left the best for last. The most 90s. Oh, boy. It gets better. No, uh, no. our next, our last guest character. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Uh, and that is the character Joe in this episode. He's only on for a few seconds. Uh-huh. Uh, mm-hmm. And I have some thoughts on him. Uh, yes. But he is played by Rance Howard, who you may know him best from the movie Nebraska. No, he doesn't play the dad. He plays the uncle. Okay. Or you may know him as Ron Howard's dad. <laughs> Wait, like in real life? Yes. Uh, what? God. Yeah. So that's Ron Howard's dad playing wow. that guy. And so he's been in a lot of things. Cool Hand Luke, Splash, Ed Wood, Independence Day, Frost Nixon, A Beautiful Rose. Loads of things. But yeah, that is. What a good get. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, wow. But. Uh, the power of Baywatch, <laughs> baby. Yeah, they yeah. they really wasted the the acting prowess of Rance Howard on Joe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not, maybe maybe it's his best work. I don't know. I I can't really compare it to a lot. Of I've seen Frost Nixon. I'm, I'm sure sure he was good in that, but probably not yeah. Joe from Baywatch levels. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, Morgan, why don't you take us in to this episode? Yes, let. Okay, I I. I do have to admit one thing because yes. mm-hmm. this was one of the funner things that happened when I was watching this. So I, I, I watched it with my partner and like, we've like sat down to get everything together. I press play on Hulu and for whatever reason, the title sequence, just like three notes in with the theme music and like the wave coming up, I just bursted out laughing. Like it fulfilled, yes. like they watch, they watch fulfilled every single stereotype that I had of it in like two seconds. And like, I had to like hardened, like I laughed, like I belly laughed hard enough to where I had to pause the episode and then just <laughs> like, and, and Marita like very pleadingly was like, we haven't, we haven't even started the episode. You yes. can't start, you can't start this right now. Like you gotta, you gotta let this like roll forward a little bit. And, um, and for context, I, this is literally the only time I've ever watched Baywatch from beginning to end. Okay. This is the only episode oh, I've ever watched. Have you seen parts of it before? I mean, like in the background, like I remember once I was like in either a bar or like a pizza place. And for whatever reason, they just had it on the background. I think it might have been like um, uh, like one of the local chains here, like Ballard Pizza Company or Big Mario's um, sure. where they like they just had it in the background. And this, but it was like on mute 
And so it's just sort of like, mm-hmm. oh, there's a person in a red swimsuit to j- jump it in the ocean. I, I guess yep. that's Baywatch. But <laughs> but now with like the volume on and my like undivided attention, I was already I like divided. I, I was already I was already like just completely ready to just tear this episode apart in like three seconds. Like I was just like this, <laughs> like every like it's just like you can't fulfill every stereotype in just like that quickly. Like that's insane. <laughs> I'm so glad because I'm always excited when we can get people on who have literally never seen Baywatch before, because I think it is extremely fun to get people's reaction to the fact that, (laughs) oh, yeah, no, every single stereotype you thought about Baywatch is true. There's like more to it than the stereotypes, but it includes all the stereotypes as well. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's a great way of putting it. That's what's kind of amazing about the show is you're like, oh, yeah, they did realize that they had to put other things in. However, they put all of those things in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I also want to improve this for you. If you have a way on Hulu, watch the intro at two times the speed because it becomes a bop. Holy shit. (laughs) The piano part becomes like an insane piano solo. It's really funny. <laughs> Just I'll, I will keep that in consideration. Yeah, <laughs> for in the future not. when you come in the back. future, in the future, yeah, yeah in the future if, if I'm invited back, yeah. <laughs> you, you're gonna have to ruin this to not be invited back. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. We have low standards. Okay. Yes. Oh my. God. Um. Speaking of low standards, this episode, Morgan. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, let's get into it. We start off at the very end of what I'm sure was a very exciting heist that we don't get to see any of. Um, All that we get to see is an alarm going off and some robbers jumping off a deck into the sand. Do, 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 do. Yeah, (laughs) they... They get on some dirt bikes and drive away. Well, (laughs) they tried. Well, (laughs) one tried. One tried real hard. Yes. Oh, yeah. One of them them makes it away. Uh, The other one immediately falls over, having never driven a dirt bike before in his life. This is a theme for the episode of shitty bike driving. (laughs) Yes. And I love it. Oh, my God. I can't wait until we talk about the scene in the end. Yes. Yes, Yes. absolutely. Um, Um, Go ahead. But the the one who dropped his bike uh, decides instead of picking it up, which he tries for about five seconds to do, to <laughs> instead run away on foot. He had uh, so much time. He could have. Just I know. Like, the cops and those the, dirt bikes the, would have been so much faster. The cops like pulled up and then were just like, nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. Okay, I think that worked. We can go home now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's God just. It, yeah, I found it very funny that like one of the dudes was just clearly very good at using the dirt bike and was like on his way out of there and just completely abandoned his partner. Just like he oh, yeah. like, just started and stopped the uh, the dirt bike at least five times, turning it into a, a struggle fest <laughs> and then like just ditching it and then immediately and then immediately running over to a lifeguard tower to like bury what they had stolen. And it's just kind of, yep. yeah, you know, uh, it's like and and specifically that tower. Well, it's Tower 12. Dun, dun, dun. Here's here's the flaw in his plan. Uh, If he was able to get away on foot, Mm -hmm. which it seems like he did, why not Mm -hmm. just take the stolen loot with you? Yep. I mean... I had that same question. (laughs) (laughs) More more importantly, 
after first of all that you're already a better you know criminal than this guy one two <laughs> wow like, okay let's 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 i have done nothing wrong here I right no i mean we're, we're speaking in pure hypotheticals and you are already hypothetically better at like cat burglary than this guy is um, oh, and then uh, and then and then truly the perfect crime is burying what you stole under law enforcement. Wonderful job. <laughs> I'm a wonderful job. A cat. That's what I do. God, just <laughs> man, this guy, this guy was like striking out like at the very beginning when it comes to, yes. to yep. this. Yep. So it's it's just very funny to just sort of see like, oh, look, there's the competent criminal getting away. And then for whatever reason, mm-hmm. he partnered up with this guy who he didn't even train up at all for for, for this whole thing you know what i'm thinking as we talk about this is like really you know if he had wanted a better cat burglar partner he should have just hired alf (laughs) yeah i thought you were gonna say like (laughs) marine ponderosa Ooh, ooh, that would have been good too always sunny Mm-hmm. I think I think the real problem here is that this show has starts off with Ed Bakley Jr. and shit Adam Driver deciding <laughs> to do a heist together. <laughs> yeah, it's shittier Logan Lucky. Yeah. Or... <laughs> God. Um, but once uh, once shitty Adam Driver has buried the treasure, we get a pan up to Tower Twelve, and now it's daytime. And Shawnee is opening up her tower while a very creepy guy with a metal detector is watching her. This, okay, so that man's name is Ian. Ian is makes no sense. He has yes. a trench coat. <laughs> he has a jersey, 90 sweats Clippers. and a metal detector. And he also has a typewriter. Pick your thing and stick to it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't ungapachka your way into the show. <laughs> yeah. No, there Ian was pure like chaos at like at, at as a look. Oh yeah. Like just yeah. Well and and Michael, you've missed the most important thing that he has with him, and that would be a can of sardines. Oh my god. One oh, yeah. of which he offers to Shawnee in an attempt to flirt with her. I, now well, I, I, I like sardines, but if someone's opening move was to offer me a sardine that they pulled out of their trench coat on the beach. I don't think I would be very into well, well, Okay, sorry. Say. We got to interrupt this to talk about the time that Morgan was offered a wheel of cheese by a man in a oh, trench coat. Yes. Okay. An excuse to tell my cheese story. Um, <laughs> well, those so are words those that, you, that inspire confidence. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know me, I grew up, uh, Right near Woodstock, New York, as in the Woodstock, New York. Um, And much of that town has a really big drug problem uh, because it's a lot of people who never left after the festival. And also there's no jobs or anything to do. Um, So me and a group of friends one night were hanging out in the middle of town and just, you know, hanging out, getting high, whatever. It was like almost midnight. And uh, this guy comes up to us wearing a heavy trench coat in the middle of summer and opens one side of the trench coat and says, hey, anyone want to buy any opiates? And a couple of my friends said, yes, I did not because I did not do opiates. Um, and so the friends of mine who bought opiates from him uh, took them and went down by the river to go take them. Uh, and then he turns to those of us who are still left and opened the other side of his trench coat and pulled out a 
completely factory wrapped and sealed uh, whale, wheel of brie and said, what? I don't want any cheese. What? And we all lost our goddamn minds and said no. And he goes, nah, OK, and just like walks away. And it was truly one of the weirdest experiences of my entire life. <laughs> I, I believe our character Ian would have described who, that as truth, beauty, and the American dream right there. Who, who moves Who moves a wheel of cheese on the street? Like, right? Like, who, who throws a shoe? What? 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 what, a, what just. Yeah. Okay. I. This happened <laughs> I'm, I'm almost 15 years ago, okay. and I think about it probably once a week. Yeah, because I have so many questions. No, that's, that's a that's a that's a trauma. It's uh, I don't know. That's yeah, that's it's, yeah. it's a very it's the very least memorable. That's that's you, for sure. You want to know what I have almost as many questions about what how Ian says that, we, yes, his mother fed him sardines every morning, but all he wanted was a bowl of Wheaties. Um, yes. yes. So was she like. Every day your breakfast is just. Here is a bowl. It has some sardines in it. Take your fork and eat it. Or did they put like milk in it and they had and to eat sardine soup or sardine yeah. cereal? And and how in, <laughs> and how in the hell were sardines like cheaper than a box? <laughs> uh, That's also a very good question. Like, uh, and, I hadn't considured that. And, oh, he's and from Sardinia. Well, That's how we're we're focusing way too much on the sardine thing. But I, I do have to no, say we're not. that. I like Ian immediately like I don't know I I have I also have a lot of feelings towards Ian and not a lot of them yes. good uh, <laughs> yes. but the main one is just like I mean if, if just the oh like just the line that he tells Shawnee I have it written down verbatim was just like truth beauty the American dream want a sardine like what what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing my dear like that's that is well, now I. I know why I'm single now is because I'm not you know, yeah. going around town with sardines, which yeah. I yeah. could change. I mean, yeah. look, both of you need to be my advisors on this. Um, <laughs> should I go around town with sardines in my pocket and give them? The Absolutely. I, yes. I disagree. OK, <laughs> well, I, you're I not like Morgan. I feel side. like Morgan is saying this more for himself than for you. <laughs> Sorry. I. Jesus. Will not confirm nor deny <laughs> that statement. <laughs> so after this, uh, uh, Ian reads Shawnee a poem. And I, I did write down this poem. Ooh, yes. I was hoping you did. Yeah. Uh, and this poem sounds exactly like maybe the lyrics to a really, really D tier Nick Cave in the Bad Seed song. Um, <laughs> the day was moving westward, leaving colors in the sky. The eastern black block. No, uh, it's I can't tell if he says black or block and neither can the subtitles. Uh, the eastern <laughs> block or black was chasing holding colors that had died. The day was racing quickly, but could not outrun the night. And I rode along the seashore to the caverns of delight. Uh, not a great poem, uh, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. that's why he calls the weird midnight picnic a cavern of delight. Yeah, because he just wants to fuck. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, not not to spoil it further for everybody as we go through this episode. Ian is down bad. Ian is down yeah. real, real bad. Look, um, that, that guy is thirsty. All he eats is sardines. He needs water. <laughs> no, he's salty, salty, it's man. so salty, salty, salty man. 
Um, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to fuck. He wants a drink. <laughs> and, and just water, not even alcohol. He just needs. Yeah. Just like give this. Get this man a Gatorade. Good lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get some electrolytes in his system. Jesus Christ. Right? Ugh. Yeah. Man. Um, but yeah, he's just coming on way the fuck too hard yeah. this entire scene. And um, she's either not picking up on it or is too nice to let him down. And I can't necessarily tell at the beginning of the episode which it is. Uh, I, based on everything we've seen of Shawnee, I think it's definitely that she's way the fuck too nice and naive. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. She also didn't necessarily notice in season one when uh, uh, Punish Toby, as I call him, because he's definitely <laughs> evil, um, hit on her um, a bunch and then said, I'm better than your boyfriend. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know anymore. The show has broken me. <laughs> yeah, it really has. Yeah, no, oh, it God. absolutely has. I play board games with Reeves every week and I have so many times where I look at the board game and I think about something from Baywatch because I had just watched the episode of Baywatch like two nights before <laughs> and then edited an episode of this the day before. And I'm thinking, what what is left of my brain? <laughs> like, what yeah. has happened to me? Yeah. And then he looked across the game boarding table and he said, this man can handle it. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll drag him into this torture chamber with me. You can, you can handle it. <laughs> I will, I will drag him into this, into this Prison. sandy, this sandy event horizon where you know just <laughs> muttering We're, Latin. No light can escape this. Yeah, I mean, no, this no. Is pure, pure it's darkness. so, it's so, it's so sunny in in Tower Twelve, but it's no escape. From the darkness within. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. The lost, the lost treasure of Tower Twelve is truly our soul. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Will we ever get um, it back? Let's find out, Morgan. <laughs> the the last bit of this scene that I want to talk about is the fact that Ian brought a goddamn typewriter with him to the beach, and that thing, as soon as you open it up on a beach, is just going to be jammed. Yeah, sand is going to get everywhere, and it's coarse and irritating. <laughs> yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that reference. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the, and there's no way that typewriter keeps working more than like a couple minutes. Ab- absolutely true. And just, I don't know, like what, like, okay. So the, the episode description just blatant, just straight up calls Ian a beatnik. And mm. as I'm watching mm. this episode, it, like this is, it didn't take long. Like, but going into this, I was just kind of like, Ian is not a beatnik. Like, no. Yeah, I, like and and my knowledge of like beatnik culture is um, basically broken down into probably like one like two or three things, and it's Bukowski getting referenced in that one Modest Mouse song, uh, <laughs> like the the Ned Flanders parents episode where you know yes. like we've tried we've tried nothing and and it isn't working that whole bit, and then like Dot's Ooh. poetry corner from Animaniacs, and I feel from just like oh, yeah. those three things alone, I have a better understanding of beatnik culture than the writers of Baywatch. Yeah, like, <laughs> absolutely. You should write an episode of Baywatch. Yeah, like Ian just kind of comes across as like a really annoying theater kid, like not a beatnik, like just like uh. Yeah, like just kind of as a as a former very annoying theater kid, you're not wrong. Yeah, no. I, <laughs> there's there's also a little bit of projection coming from my end on this one too. So, <laughs> like, and by a, and, and by a little bit, I I mean I mean a lot. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, if, so if, if beatniks are dot, then Ian is Yakko Warner. Yeah. And then like, I don't know, like just somebody on like the, the Baywatch writing team, which has been like, you know, I think I read somewhere that Hemingway wrote on the beach with a typewriter. So maybe we should put that in there. <laughs> and like, that's like, otherwise I have no idea why they made this character decision. It's, it's so nonsensical and dumb. I have a prediction for the future, which is that mm-hmm. they're going to, someone's going to make a bad pun about how Sandy Koufax was a lifeguard. Cause his name is Sandy. God damn it, Michael. Morgan, this is your fault. I didn't make it these is, jokes before we started this podcast. It is. It is. I, <laughs> I am very proud of myself, if I'm being honest here. Uh, Morgan, tell us about Clark. I don't know who that is. That's the first. Is that uh, the other that's robber? A- that's Adam Driver. Ah, Adam Driver okay. looking... Yeah, so Clark shows up to try and get the treasure from under Tower 12, but the beach is just too busy. So, uh, <laughs> so I have... What does he dress in, Morgan? <laughs> he dresses in a hoodie and shorts and seemingly nothing else. It's all <laughs> black. All yes. black. I was about to say, if yes. my memory serves me right, he's wearing exactly the same stuff that he did when he committed a crime. Again, yes. perfect. Yes. Perfect crime. Correct. Perfect. At night. <laughs> at, at night, perfect. Blend in. In the morning, in the summer, not really. You stand out. Yep. Jesus Christ. Um, But then the other robber shows up, Thanks. and I have his name written down as Banks, but I think that might not be his name. It's Banks. Um, B-E-G-G-S. Yeah. Huh, Clark. I guess that Ed makes Begg. sense that he looks like Ed Begley Jr. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Ed Begley Jr. shows up and berates uh, Chris. What, what's the other guy's name? Clark uh, <laughs> for hiding the treasure. And then they sit in full black outfits on the beach, just watching the tower for a while. Not, uh, not sticking out at all in the nope, light, not in the in the, nope. in the famously in the famously not light pastel brightly colored <laughs> background of 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 people in swimsuits that Baywatch <laughs> is for is famous for certainly not like that especially not nope. in the 90s you know a era that was famous for its very dark muted colors perfect <laughs> Crime. And if I remember correctly, Ed Begley Jr. is wearing a leather jacket. Yes. Specifically. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect beach attire. Yep. Um, but after they watch the tower for a while, Ian has himself a metal detector. So he finds a necklace for a woman who gives him. It's not even really it, like dollars. She, she's like a necklace. So I expected like the full necklace. And instead he just has like like a I thought it was like a ring. It's just like one part of it. Yeah. And it's very weird. Also, again, why the fuck does this man own a metal detector? And why does he bring it with him to the beach? Like, I guess I know why he brings to the beach now. Okay. So this wasn't established before this episode. Because I was definitely watching this as being like, all right, I guess this this dude that's supposed to be a beach. No, this is a metal detector before. Okay. Nope. So this is the first time we're meeting Ian. And they're just first and last. He has. Oh, my God. You're fucking kidding me. Jesus. Nope. Oh, man. <laughs> Ratings must have came back bad on that one. I'm sorry, dude. Um, uh, they, yeah. didn't care. they were making so much money off of this. Show. I know. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they probably weren't paying the guest actors that much. Um, no. But the, uh, no, the. Uh, probably more than you think because uh, Hasselhoff did take a pay cut to make okay. sure that the show got financed, but okay. probably also not that much. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think, like, the we should mention that the, the attempted tension of this whole metal detector bit is that Clark and Biggs are worried that the that Ian is going to be able to find the treasure with the metal detector and it goes off. Mm-hmm. And they like tense up a little bit and then it's, it's just him actually finding the necklace for the woman that lost it. And she, and she gives him $5. Like that's, yeah, that's the whole thing. And it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it was just kind of like, all right, good effort. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. It, it almost works as a misdirect because I did actually think he was going to find the box in this scene. Um, but the thing that doesn't work is that, um, we go to the next scene, which is that Ian found some garbage with his metal detector and made Shawnee a replica of her tower out of garbage. And it's really fucking good. It is, it is actually really good. Yeah. But then just as he is about to leave, he finds the box. What? Two minutes after we set up the tension of him maybe finding the box with his metal detector. Yep. It felt like we needed a little bit more yeah. pacing. No, there. you gotta do the rest of the episode. There's so many things that need to happen. This That's a joke. there was too much going. Episode. This was a busy fucking episode. There was way too much going on. This is how every oh, episode is. Cool. Yeah, I was gonna say this might be the episode that I've written the least notes for. Um, out of any episode that we've actually covered and not just talked about something else instead. Really? Okay. <laughs> not, what about the chamber? The last episode we were, we were, well, that's what I'm saying. We covered something else instead. Oh, that's right. We talked about where's Waldo. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and after, uh, after Ian finds the box, well, it's time for Shawnee to leave, and no, so no, 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 uh, no, cream no, cheese no. and let's, bagel we, go we, for the box. Let's let's we we skip something. Oh yeah, we did skip. Uh, why did I write Hobie? I meant Harvey. We need to talk about Mitch and Harvey. What did we skip? Did we? Did that not happen yet? Oh no, it's about to happen. Then I wrote my notes out of order. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so cream cheese and bagel go for the uh. box, but Ian's got the box now. Um, and then we go to... Oh, no, I did skip a scene entirely. Um, in between the two Ian scenes, uh, Mitch is trying to get Harvey to teach a class about windsurfing, because Mitch is going to be out of town, which is an excuse for them to not have to have him on this episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. yep. And Harvey is very excited about teaching this class, which did make me scared and concerned. Which we will get into more very soon. Don't worry. Oh, yes. I have done some research. I have done done some research. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh. Like, yeah. So uh, for those who don't, like, maybe you're just like me, and this was the first time you've watched Baywatch. Uh, Mitch is the David Hasselhoff character. So I was definitely kind of sitting there. Like, I was like, I was, I'm not going to lie to you. I was kind of sitting there just kind of like, wait, but. Hold on. They, yeah. You're the only other person that I know is in this show. He, this, is like the, <laughs> this, this is like the smallest amount of time he's ever been in an episode. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Man, he's I'm, usually in, in, in like in every episode quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Looking out right now, man. I'm just yeah, like, doing great. S- small spoiler. Very small mm-hmm. spoiler. Like the episode after this has Mitch in a fight scene. So it's like, yeah, 
Ooh, you didn't yeah. have me on for the Mitch fight scene? God damn it. I'm sorry, I didn't know. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I thought that episode would suck, and I think it does suck. I watched it a little bit. Uh, I think it sucks more than this fair, one. So, fair, but fair, it does have fair. a fight scene. Um, fair. And it's pandering. Any, as if this one mm. isn't. But yeah, Harvey is also, uh, I mean, if you haven't watched Baywatch before, Harvey is the worst character on this show. Yes. Like he seems far. like he's very poorly written um, comic relief. Like, yes. just yes. like, let me, all the times I laughed at this episode was because of unintentional stuff. And like, I felt like Harvey had all of the intentional comedy things and I laughed at none yes. of them. It's yes. like really mm-hmm. bad. Yes. He's sexist he's, and he's, he's truly, exactly. Cool. He's just a fucking shitty sleazebag the entire show. And they okay. get rid of him after this season. Like they. Oh, you know, thank God. Yeah, he's only in this season. Um, good. So, uh, um, and the famous as far as words I know, of Powers Booth in that one Western. Well, bye. Yep. <laughs> yep. As far as I know, they don't try to do like a Harvey really again. They, they do get Buzz Belmondo as a different character to sort of do some weird comedy relief. Uh, okay, sure. But, but also he played Vito. So the greatest character just, if yeah. you need to eat, oh, calavito. Calavito. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta eat the spaghetti without my special sauce. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, Harvey says something racist to Mitch. Uh, he's still the worst. Uh, and Harvey mm-hmm. is going to oh, eat the windsurfing club. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he said something to Mitch about... Uh, I, I, I'm not even going to repeat it. Uh, All right. He's not going to do it. Preemptive. Yeah, get probably a good decision. Um yep. Okay. Um, but to, to get us back on track, why it's another brief Harvey scene where Harvey tells Brooke that the towers need to be moved back. Um, and that's the whole scene. No, it's not the whole scene. What's important because I need to explain how bad Harvey is, which is. Oh, yes. Harvey is like, oh, you need to move the towers because of the storm. And then says, right. Thanks, you're beautiful. Yeah, because he's just. Harvey's whole thing is he wants to get laid, and also Harvey mm-hmm. has a huge dick. We yes. established Harvey is packing. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Yeah. yeah. Harvey yep. also really likes dominoes. So, you know, just yes. multifaceted man. <laughs> just here, here eating truly. my dominoes with my big dick, you know. <laughs> truly. <laughs> Truly the complex character of our time. Just. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. But now now we go back to Clark and Beggs and uh, they're arguing about whether or not Clark actually buried the treasure and Beggs thinks he didn't. And then they see the Tower 12 being moved and they panic. Uh Oh, spaghetti. Oh, oh, oh. Um, Perfect. And now we find out (laughs) we find out that uh, Ian has left one hundred and thirty seven roses for Shawnee because he sold his first ever poem. No, he didn't. He sold the jewel that he found. (laughs) Not 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 all of my notes are pretty like sensical, but I think I think this Mm -hmm. was this was the point where I, I just I have a bullet point that just says Ian does heroin. And like, <laughs> like that's I like I don't know like it's just sort of like it just feels like that's kind of like the the subtext for for a lot of us because it's just kind of like like how are you spending this much time on the beach and it's like ah oh, that's probably why 
Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, like, a, I don't know. I have Ian, a specific note about something he says, which is very important, which he says mm-hmm. it's about love and romance and elegance, comma, perfection. And he's a writer. He should know that's not how the Oxford comma works. <laughs> like he's a poet. He's, he's a poet. It's different. Oh, yeah. Because I, I am McMeter. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. But have you I have should. you considered that uh, who gives a fuck about the Oxford comma? I care about the Oxford comma. <laughs> <laughs> I get oddly angry about the Oxford comma. Holy shit. <laughs> Let's OK. We are now entering into a discourse that is not to be to be brought up. <laughs> Going, this is going. This is going to be. This is. This is going to be, go from two people who've never watched Baywatch. You know, it's, it's going to turn into just like two dudes <laughs> just arguing about the Oxford comma again. For the love of God, stop! That's kind of what <laughs> true. I mean, I've I've seen yeah. the English dramas too. They're cruel. So if there's any other way to spell the world word, it's fine with me. Yeah. <laughs> I hate this. Okay. <laughs> I have decided that this is my new bit now. And it's just quoting Vampire as many episodes. <laughs> Not specifically Vampire Weekend, just finding ways to shoehorn in song lyrics. <laughs> oh, Morgan, that's okay. So, yeah, M did it a few episodes ago. Last episode, yes, yes I did album titles like saying yes. they pulled a Van Halen, a diver down. But now you, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can just repeat the gimmick. You have to iterate on it. <laughs> oh. Or have you considered. That that sounds like a lot of work, and instead I'm going to make the easy, stupid joke. Okay, well, I'm going to miss <laughs> half of these references. I'm warning you. Fair enough. It's okay. Uh, that is probably the saner way to be. <laughs> it's going to drive me crazy. Um, oh is it going to drive you crazy? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> it's taking me with that. See? <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get every single one of our guests to do this. Oh God! Oh God! Uh, Um, I I apologize. This is. Um, Here, how about this? I'll do lyrics from the Gero Gero Gaga Gaze Tokyo Anal Dynamite. The lyrics are just. (laughs) (laughs) No! No! (laughs) Don't do it! Don't! Just 48 minutes of screaming. Oh God! No, I mean, that would not be an inaccurate description of like at least half of our episodes. So, yeah, I mean, also because <laughs> half of them we talk about Tokyo anal dynamite. So, I mean, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh, uh, um, speaking of confusion, speaking mm-hmm. of confusion, tell us about Ben. Sure thing. All right. Wait, um, can we can we talk about Ian for just a little while longer? I'm oh, sorry. yes. Oh, sure. OK. Like, so. <sighs> As like this whole like as this whole like Rose thing is happening, like it's just kind of like, wow, this is not because like I don't associate like romantic gestures with beatniks at all. Like sure. I I thought that that's that wasn't definitely a part about beatnik culture at all. If I'm wrong, uh, I don't know uh, this is a podcast. You're listening. You can't yell at me, but just like yell at your screen. Um, <laughs> but, yell like, at Reeves in the past. Yeah. Yell at me. <laughs> yell at me in the future when this comes out. Well, I'll we'll, I'll give you my Twitter handle. You can yell at me then. Um, but. <laughs> But like um, the main thought that I had about Ian as a character kind of dawned on me like during this scene, like they they put Beatnik on there. It's just kind of like, oh, he's I guess we'll just say he's a Beatnik. But Ian's character reeks of all the boomers in the writing room of uh, of Baywatch, just like making fun of Gen X. 
That's that's all oh, yeah. this feels. Oh yeah, like, all all it feels like is just kind of you know like the previous generation just kind of like creating something to just kind of like beat back <laughs> like, like the, the, the newer Nick. generation. Yeah. The beat Nick them, um, <laughs> which, you know, like, I don't know. Like that was just like my thought, like during the entire time I'm watching Ian, I'm like, Ian isn't actually like a real, like beat Nick, like young artist in LA kind of thing. This is, this is like going through the filter of somebody that's like in their late thirties, early forties and like mm. the nineties or something like that. Just kind of being like, Oh, these these Gen Xers and with their Nirvana and their grunge that they're like beatniks. Yeah, like beatniks. So I'm going to make fun of them on the show. (laughs) Then whatever, you know, like it it, that's just what it felt like. It was just kind of like this isn't this isn't a realistic character for this time period at all. No, no, not at all. Not for any time period, really. Yeah. Thank you for letting me complete that rant. It it was that was Mm -hmm. the moment that was the moment when I discovered it was just like, oh, that's why this character bothers me so much. It's like how unrealistic it is. There is actually one place that this character exists, and that is legitimately in a high school theater department. Yes, exactly. That's the only place this personality has ever naturally occurred. Yeah. Uh And it's in every theater department. Yeah, it's true. Yep. No, every and by the way, if if you're a theater kid listening to this and you're just like, oh, my theater d- didn't have that, I, I regret to inform you that you were that kid. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, probably. Probably. Yeah. Like, I, I regret I regret to be the person that bears this news to you, but it's... Can I tell you about the kid, uh, that kid in my high school's theater department? No. Oh, okay. so this guy's name was William Schmeckel. And Schmeckel is Yiddish for penis. And <laughs> so when the one of the like 18 bajillion Jews in the theater department revealed that that's why all the Jews were laughing every time his name was called, um, he started, you know, going around the school going, the penis is the mightiest piece of my manlyhood. <laughs> um, and everyone regretted it. Oh, my it. God. Yep. He was that kid. Wow. Aye. Some real uh some real Zardoz energy there. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> man, we reference Zardoz a lot on this. Listen, that movie is a goddamn masterpiece <laughs> because it has Sean Connery in a red leather diaper. Well, also we it has a movie. giant head shoot spitting out guns. Yes. Have you yes. seen Zardoz Reese? I actually have not, but I, I have definitely seen the, the famous like photo still of Sean Connery in that red outfit. And more, oh, yeah. more importantly, with the braided with I think the thing that completes it isn't necessarily the outfit. I think it's also the body hair, the mm-hmm. po- like the, the braided ponytail mm-hmm. and um, obviously his absolutely kick ass mustache going along with uh, it. Mm-hmm. it. It's it's a beautiful oh, yeah. it's a beautiful image. It, Reeves, it ca- I think he would love Zardoz. I yes, I am afraid that I might, too. So I'll probably have to watch it after we're done. We're done recording. <laughs> yes. Well, tell us yes. about Ben, Morgan. Yes, indeed. Ben uh, is trying to talk Harvey out of teaching this windsurfing class, because as he uh, very astutely points out, Harvey has no idea how to windsurf. And uh, this would be a mistake for him to try and teach a class about it. But as Harvey points out, uh, this class is for a school 
only made of women, and so he needs to do Would it. Would you like to hear more about this place? Not really, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so they, the, the class is coming from the Mayfield School for Girls. Now, I did some research. Now, most no. likely... No. They're referring to (laughs) too bad. They're referring to Mayfield Senior School in Pasadena, California. It's a private Catholic school for women in grades nine through 12. Now, mind you. Oh, no, that's what I was afraid of. Yeah, the only other the only other Mayfield school I found is in Exeter in England um, and is for the same grade range. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Harvey is at least 21, probably a bit older than that. And this fucking yeah. sucks. Yeah, uh, it's uh, real bad. Don't worry. Harvey <laughs> says he's good with kids and that makes it worse. Ah, God, Man, I, I memory hold a lot of things that Harvey said because I was clearly way too preoccupied with my. <laughs> like actual cultural critique of Ian because good fucking Lord. <laughs> good Lord. Yeah. Like if you uh, like, yeah, this season hasn't been great compared to season one. Yeah. It had some highs. It's had a lot of lows. And if you took Harvey out, it would bump up this season. uh, Practically enough where I'd be like, okay, I'd rate this a little bit higher. It wouldn't be as good as season one, but I, I would love for this season to have not included Harvey at all. Cause fuck this guy. So much. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. No, screw this dude. Um, but next up we get a scene where Ian's on the beach again and, uh, Clark and Beggs are trying to buy Ian's metal detector, um, by which I mean they are throwing money at him and then steal it from him. Just. I actually thought that scene was kind of funny. I did. Perfect (laughs) crime. Yes. Mm-hmm. They continue to just be the perfect criminals. Like they are. Oh, they yeah. are so good. They are so good at this job. Um, <laughs> like, like, because my like, why his metal detector? Why do they need his metal detector? It's the only one. Buy, yeah, you can it's, go out and buy your own metal detectors. They need <laughs> Unless, it right now, right? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god, they're so bad. Yeah. Well, look, it's um, they're they're. they're, they're they're petty criminals. They don't know how this crime thing works. You know, uh, Beggs is too busy recording uh, Kokomo to really, you know, know what to do. And Adam Driver is too busy being born or something. I don't know. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, I don't know how old he is. God. I truly don't either. I think he's he's like, um, he, yeah, he I think he's he, hang on. I'm gonna Google this. <laughs> oh, okay. How this, old oh my is god. Adam Drive. This is a an amazing episode already because Morgan's the one doing the Googling instead of me. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. he is thirty seven years old. All oh, right, okay. What? Actually older than us, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, okay, I'm saying us older than me by, by five years. Yeah. <laughs> Look. He's got a solid decade on me, so yeah. he's, yeah. he's got seven years on me. Yep. There we go. Why is that man so old? That's yeah. a weird statement. I don't mean. I mean, <laughs> it's it is okay. It's a weird statement, but fun fact: they always like cast people um, in like any like movie or TV show. They always cast people that's a little bit older than the actual mm-hmm. age that they're supposed to play. 
Oh, yeah, that's yeah. actually that's supposed to create like some like uh, because we all perceive ourselves as sort of like a little bit older and wiser than we actually are. It's like a weird mm-hmm. sort of phenomenon that they've. <laughs> I'll with, show you with yeah. my therapist. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. I'm six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an adult. Yeah. yeah right. Um, God. But yeah. No, that's and, and they especially do that with like child actors. So like if they're, you know, mm-hmm. like if they're selling like a, a child's board game, they they like it's just like if it's supposed to be for like four year olds, they'll cast like people who are like eight or nine, you know, to make hmm. it look cool for, for younger kids. Yeah. Anywho, that <laughs> Reeves Richards listens to NPR podcasts about random <laughs> shit. And it's like the only like. thing that he can remember now. Because he is a I'm, white dude in his mid thirties. <laughs> yep, that, that describes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm Ira Glass, and here on the third act of Baywatch, Ian is asking Shawnee out, and she tells him that she already has a boyfriend. Uh, but this, this does Ameri- not stop Ian in this American in this does, American beach. <laughs> he, he does tell her that he has a poem that it's. Very nocturnal, and it must be night for maximum effect. Yeah, Ian's just got too many nocturnal emissions. You see, it's actually because it's very spooky, and it's about vampires. Ooh, it's not. I wish it was. All right, I assume it should be the lead into Baywatch Nights. It should be the lead into Baywatch Nights. Oh, so for you, okay. Hold on, Uh, did we did we skip did we skip a little bit before about there was. Because there was one finishing scene that this was another unintentional thing that made me laugh my ass off. Okay. Which was maybe we're jumping a little bit ahead. Maybe this is after. I'm trying to follow along in my notes. But the uh, the two criminals like start fighting each other. No, that's after. Each. Oh, yeah. That's a that's little after? bit later. Then never mind. I'll save yeah. it for then. My yeah. bad. <laughs> so, for your reference, Reeves, uh, Baywatch Nights is the spinoff uh, of Baywatch where Baywatch Mitch- had a spinoff. It had two. Oh, yeah. Uh, and two yeah. spinoffs. So, so one was Thunder <laughs> yes. in Paradise. Uh, okay, well, here's we need to describe this story. So first was Thunder mm-hmm. in Paradise, which is Hulk Hogan as the main actor. Oh, and it's my God, a Baywatch no. and Knight Rider spinoff. Oh, no. So it's Hulk Hogan with a talking boat. And yes. because I know this God. is the part that's going to make Reeves laugh the hardest and it's the part I always <laughs> say. There's an episode where Hulk Hogan helps the South win the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> By which I mean, Reeves, he helps a Civil War reenactor who just wants the South to win one time. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Uh, he also oh gets no. to Ghostbusters, like, fight Fuck. ghosts. Okay. Yep. That's the first spinoff. The second oh, spinoff no. is oh, Baywatch Nights, Why? which was um, Mitch and Garner. So David Hasselhoff and um, um, why well, I always forget the actor who plays Garner, um, what his name is. Uh, but they form a private detective agency. And in the second season, they decided Baywatch Nights is going to be an X-Files ripoff. So like David Hasselhoff gets possessed on a beach and has to astral project um, they fight like ghosts. They fight aliens. People get abducted by UFOs. Like crazy shit. This is just okay. This is too much. <laughs> the show is amazing. <laughs> of course, we need, we need to move on. Like this is just I can't. This was all oh, way yeah. too much information. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, so Ian, you know, flirts with Shawnee way the fuck too much. Well, and he, he flirts with her way too much. And she tells him, right, that she's in a relationship. And mm-hmm. um, he uh, he says, I could take you dancing. Uh, mm-hmm. and, well, you know, like, uh, I have a yeah. boyfriend. And, she, and basically what he's he implies, one, that I think he's a little bit curious for a three way. Uh, that's mm-hmm. one implication. Two implication is she says, wow, "How do you know I go there at all?" Oh, oh. <laughs> because I, I just like, I just thought he was being kind of a dick and just trying to like break up another relationship. Well, that, she, she no, she goes, "I'm seeing someone." He goes, "Bring him." Uh, yeah, I will say, I will say, this episode has strong poly vibes. It does. It I does. just gotta say, it does has strong poly vibes, um, and and. It has strong, like, mind-reading vibes, where he's just like, <laughs> he's like, I think you're a dancer. How do you know I'm uh, I'm a dancer? And he knows, because he's read the script, that Eddie is not the kind of boyfriend who would ever uh-huh. go dancing. Well, specifically, Michael, specifically, he tells Shawnee that he can tell she likes dancing because of her hair, as he rubs the bottom of her hair. And I hated watching it. Look, it was bad to look at. I have curls, <laughs> and therefore you know that I am a dancer. I'm not. I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> but it's my curls that give me these Samson-like powers of dancing. Mm-hmm. If you cut off the curls, I can't dance. That's how it works. That's how it works. Um, but thankfully, Shawnee gets rescued from this situation by our favorite returning lifeguard. That's right. It's Noomi. Michael Noomi Noomi's <laughs> to uh, relieve Shawnee both from this awkward situation and from her shift. Oh, so man. he's here to man the tower. He also knows that Eddie would never buy flowers like that many flowers. He knows Eddie is yeah. cheap. And he's yes. not that romantic. So the way he yes. says it is, whoa, don't tell me Eddie got you all those. Not on a lifeguard salary. And we're like, we know what you mean, Numi. Eddie's a shit boyfriend and he's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I, I do wish, you know, during most of this, like at night, like Ian scene with like all the flowers and whatnot that we couldn't have gotten like one passerby just to kind of make like an oh, no face, like just to like really hammer home. Like, that you shouldn't mm-hmm. do this. <laughs> yeah, that would require competent extras on this show, which that's we very fair. rarely seem that's to fair. get. <laughs> and I don't know. The, I hate that I have this thought. The, they probably would have used this term instead of beatnik if they understood what this word meant. But, like, the description really should just say, like, incel Ian is trying to <laughs> yeah. win, win a couple dates with, with, with Shawnee because oh, it's you mean- just bad you mean his uh magician outfit later doesn't get him laid all the time <laughs> i i know i know he's peacocking but i don't think it does um, no no god um his peacocking works about as well as nbc's streaming service peacock which is to say not very well and everyone hates it i only know um, about this because of wrestling <laughs> and now to ads. Peacock is now available on all, <laughs> on all platforms and, and on all major anywhere you get podcasts. Baywatch Rookie School available <laughs> on Peacock, officially supported by NBC. God, Sorry, quick, all right. quick, I will say quick, quick aside. 
Uh, one of mm-hmm. our friends, um, uh, who shall not be named because this is very funny, but I don't want to name them out specifically for this, um, mm-hmm. has Peacock and didn't realize it was NBC and said, wait, what? I thought there was some sort of like indie driven like Kickstarter thing. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, this is NBC, <laughs> like the logo. And they're like, oh, shit, what? <laughs> oh, that makes perfect sense. Michael, That's I understand that you don't want to put this person on blast on the podcast. You absolutely must me. tell me who this is. Oh, it was, it was <laughs> redacted. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, because she was like, my she God. Was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm on this thing called, like, Peacock, you know, but I'm like, oh, yeah, the NBC. <laughs> she goes, wait, what? No, that's like, some. I thought it was some sort of, like, cool hip trendy like indie thing oh nope Nope, it's not my god oh my god that is hilarious um it's very (laughs) (laughs) wow um but now uh now we are at the scene that you mentioned originally reeves which is the two robbers have started fighting and Numi is there to break it up after he jumps off the tower. This this was the thing. This was the thing that made me laugh uncontrollably. Like this this was the second time that I had to pause the episode. Just, it's very yeah. funny. It's it, like because just just saying that Numi jumped off the tower and broke up the fight between the two criminals. Like first of all, the two criminals are fighting over the fucking metal detector. If my memory serves yes. me right, yeah, and. So like as they're fighting over that, they get into like an actual like wrestling brawl on the beach, and Numi just sees it, and he he knows how to defuse the situation, and that is to yell, "Hey, knock it off!" Like, hey, it's just don't do that. Don't do that. Hey, and then listen. And then, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knock it off. And then when that doesn't work, he turns around and. I guess like for the towers, they have like hook for their life preservers. And so he he grabs his life preserver off of the hook of the tower and he just chucks it like off screen, like just like mm-hmm. do right of the screen and then <laughs> down from the tower and then goes to break up the fight. And then like, I'm just sitting there the entire time, just kind of like, why did you just yeet your life preserver <laughs> into strangers that are like off screen? Like what? You want like, me to make this better you, for you, Reese? Is it, is it a weapon? Is it a weapon? Are they, well, yes, are they, actually, can they, can they, they do. can they use that against yeah. you? To, yes. uh, oh yeah. Like yeah. It, it was just, okay, well then that so, makes it less funny, but it was just, so, it was one of those things <laughs> where it was just like, what, the, the fighting is on land. Why do you need your, yes. <laughs> your fucking preserver? Like you, like you, you don't need to grab it. You can just hop down. I, like this, the whole sequence <laughs> was just kind of like all just kind of like, even in the moment I was just kind of like, your rapid decision-making is bad. Numi. Like <laughs> you could have broken up this fight like easily, like 30 seconds ago, but you had to do all of this unnecessary shit before going <laughs> over there and like breaking up the fight mm-hmm. to improve this for you. Numi is the only person on the cast who is an actual lifeguard in real life. Yup. So that's why his credit is literally just his name. Are you fucking yes. kidding me? Oh yeah. my god! Yes. Yeah. So he's this yep. is and let me even make this better for you. Numi has the third most appearances out of any actor on Baywatch. He becomes a main character much later on. What? This is uh, the longest I've seen him like in an episode. Yeah. So far in the show is this episode. 
It's very just, funny. And we've been making jokes every time, like, oh, yeah, he's the best. It's Michael Noomy Nooms. Uh, and now we're <laughs> actually getting to see him do stuff. And, it, and it's just him going, hey, don't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, like, genuinely, his jump off the tower and his landing made me write the note, oh, you can tell he's a real lifeguard. Yes, yes. Like, he looks like he's done this before. Well, yeah. So, which so, no one else on this show does. few facts about Numi. One, when they originally were trying to workshop this show and pilot it around, they shot a bunch of video of Michael Newman just mm-hmm. saving people. And they were like, that's what our concept is. And two, they used Numi's legs as stunt double legs for David Hasselhoff because, <laughs> as Numi has said, oh, perfect. David Hasselhoff has chicken legs. Perfect. <laughs> Oh God, God, I forgot about that. His I've legs are so good. If you I've look completely at like a, turned, I've com- I'm, I'm doing a 180. I have to apologize. Numi, you broke up that fight perfectly. You did exactly <laughs> what you needed to do. You you did you yeeted that life preserver so it couldn't be used against you as a weapon. And then you went over there and you broke up that fight and 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 neither participants got seriously hurt and you de-escalated the situation. Well well done, mm-hmm. sir. Well done. Mm-hmm. I take back everything I, I said. Numi, you're, you're a perfect man. We we are we would all be better if we were like you. <laughs> would you would would either of you mind if I describe the next scene? Oh no, be my guest. All, um, all you, dude. Uh, because I have decided uh, in my notes, I say this is the strangest scene in Baywatch. I think possibly ever, and maybe my favorite scene in all of Baywatch so far. Um, mm. which is quite the statement. Um, uh, yeah. I'm sure for, for Morgan, it's all of the Gilligan's Island episode and that episode <laughs> and burn in a fire and die. And I don't want to see it ever again. Um, I'm sure you'll rewatch it and laugh. Um, it's a good episode. No, it's not. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, it's nighttime. Ian and Shawnee, meet up on the beach and there's like candles everywhere. Uh, it's basically like that line from the room. It's like the oh, sexy music, the dress, the candles. Um, <laughs> and Ian is in the most red pill tuxedo. Why does he have a tuxedo? He owns oh, a tuxedo. God. Who owns a tuxedo? Like, oh I don't know, God. but he has yeah. a tuxedo and he welcomes Shawnee to something he calls the caverns of delight. You see, Ian showered, shaved, and cut his hair. To which Shawnee is like, Ugh. "What did you do to yourself?" And he goes, "I did basic things humans do." Um, now you also see he has made a gazebo. Why? Don't know. Dude fucks with gazebos. Then <laughs> and, yeah. he gives Shawnee some champagne, and Shawnee says, "You're not allowed to drink on the beach." And he asked for just a sick. And they toast to days of ease and nights of pleasure. And then, holy shit, like, this scene. Okay, let me first say, this scene has a little bit different vibes between the versions. So, (laughs) in the Amazon version, we get Mm -hmm. the same... Okay, so, Morgan, do you remember the episode with Magazines? Mm-hmm. You know, the one with uh, where where Ben has his old flame, that one. 
Yep. Oh, yeah. So there's the scene in, in that episode where they're making dinner. And in the Amazon version, they reuse the same music they use in that scene, which is called. Oh. It's called Mo- Moonview Trumpet by BMG Library. Uh, and I think it's amazingly perfect for this scene. Um, I think it's it basically sounds very old, like 20s ballroom. Uh, mm-hmm. And then what Morgan gets is Night and Day by Cole Porter, which is an old timey waltz. Uh, and it's kind of swingy, actually. I don't think it fits as yeah. well, um, personally. Uh, wow. I, I love this scene. Like, OK, so <laughs> what happens? I, I know. Controversial. I, I'm sure huh. you don't like it as much. I love it. Uh, it's all of a sudden they switch to like this 1920s shot makeup. Uh-huh. Ian and Shawnee are dressed up and they're dancing. They're ballroom dancing. And they're they're not good at it. Um, no, they're amateurish. Their steps are off. And I love it still. Like, it's so weird and artistic uh, and kind of magical. And it really like it, it shocked me because um, it goes on for like two and a half minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a long sure track. does. Yeah, and <laughs> it's such a weird artistic choice. But also, I think. For once, it actually does something good with the story in which, like, Shawnee is envisioning this, like, weird, totally magical thing that she could have if she were to, you know, uh, break up with Eddie and be with Ian. I totally saw this as Ian's fantasy, not Shawnee's. Uh, Because they zoom in on Shawnee. Uh, ah, so later, I think I missed that. Later, okay. he said, I, "Yeah, I thought that this you. was also mm-hmm. Ian's. Like, I also thought that this was Ian's fantasy. I'm, I'm with Morgan on this one. But can, so, okay, later he does say, like, I'm sorry to indulge you in my fantasies, but mm-hmm. the way they do it in the shot is he's holding up the champagne and it zooms in on her eyes, and then after this, it zooms mm. out of her eyes and she runs. Sure, away. so it's her realizing that. Oh, because earlier he said." Yeah, but does your boyfriend take you dancing? And this right. is her realizing that's like this is something she really wants to do, and it plays into at the end of the episode when Eddie finally does say let's go dancing, and she's like, no, let's just stay at home. So it's mm-hmm. her fantasy that she's having. Okay, so it's okay, her, okay. it's her like realizing what she has with Eddie versus what she has with Ian, and I think okay. it's really, I think it's really good. Uh, I actually I actually agree. Yeah. Like, I think the fact that this is Shawnee's fantasy really changes the tone of this for me. Yeah. And I want to totally agree with you. Like my my one note for this fantasy dance sequence is that it is very pretty. I think it is incredibly well shot. I think it's beautifully lit. Their costumes are gorgeous. And it makes sense that it's amateurish. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just smart. Sorry, yeah. Reeves. You yeah. were saying? No, it's it's okay. Uh, like this, I feel like this is going uh, eh, I, to to color it in a different direction. But 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 my note is is that like uh, so, Twin Peaks would have finished both of its first two seasons by the time of this episode. And like as I'm watching this, I'm just kind of like, they ripped this off from David Lynch. Don't. It's a feeling. I don't know if it's a fact, but. It's like I, I mean, I just had not? that feeling the entire the entire time. It just does kind of like feelish. 
feel like. Yeah, it, it felt very like yeah. Twin Peaks ish. And I like I don't know. I it kind of took me out of it a little bit because I was just like, hey, this just sort of feels like a a copy of of another sort of like property that's done this better. Than, well, I mean, and <laughs> than I, Baywatch. I, sure. I think I mean, <laughs> but both of them, what they're trying to do is they're basically taking like the most Brechtian thing possible of and presenting you with this thing that immediately takes you out of what you're watching by going, what the fuck is this? But therefore like allowing you to focus on it more by realizing you're in the fourth wall. Um, I think it's really, I think it's just, I was not expecting Baywatch to do this. And I had like sparkles in my eyes the whole time. <laughs> uh, you can imagine like my, my mouth was agape. I was so in love with this scene. Uh, and so then at the end of the scene, like uh, Ian dips her and she has this like, like they flash out of her eyes. They pull back and she runs away. Cause she realizes, Oh no, like this is mm-hmm. a feeling I'm feeling a feeling. And yeah. that's a problem because I'm in a monogamous relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, she she dreamed a dream. Fuck off, Susan Boyle. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I know you probably weren't referencing Susan Boyle, you're just referencing Les Mis, but like you know, Yes, that you know. is correct. <laughs> I was about to say, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know. I had a long Listen. conversation the other day about Andrew Lloyd <laughs> Although, although definitely, Morgan and Morgan and I are definitely telling us on ourselves about being theater kids in high school. Oh, just like, come on! See, <laughs> that's where you're wrong, Reeves. I wasn't a theater kid in high school. I was a theater kid from the time I was six until the time I was about twenty-three. Ah, there we um, go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, a literal like, theater yes. kid becoming a theater kid in high school. Becoming, yes. Yeah. It was it was the, the pre-cheese wheel that ended it all. Versus. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I genuinely actually agree with you that this was maybe with the with the understanding of the context that it was Shawnee's fantasy and not Ian's. Yeah, I agree that this was actually like a pretty good scene. Yeah, when when I thought it was Ian's fantasy and not uh, Shawnee's, I I actually have a literal note that just says, "Tell me your entire writing staff is men," without telling me your entire writing staff is men. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. However, yes. spoilers, they do that anyway, very very soon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but, well, and we have yeah. lots of notes for that. Reeves, get ready. Anyway, oh god, I hate that scene. Let's, let's fucking go. <laughs> All right, we've got one more real quick scene before we can get to that bullshit, um, which is that Numi goes to make a rescue, and it turns out that it was Clark, and he's dead, probably the strangled. Perfect crime. <laughs> No evidence. Yes. Escalating this burglary to a murder is an excellent idea. The perfect crime. God. Clark is going to be sleeping with the fishes. God damn it. Um, but now, uh, now we get to see Harvey teaching a windsurfing class and, uh, as everyone knows, the first part of teaching a windsurfing class for exclusively women between grades nine and 12 when you're an adult man yep. is to get a clipboard and make them all write down their names and phone numbers. Yep. 
<sighs> yeah. No, gotta. Nope. nope. Gotta gotta build up that uh, phone banking and uh, mailing mm-hmm. base for he just, uh, look. He, he's for, just a need. He wants blood for, for the for the Bill Clinton <laughs> campaign that's going to be coming up in a few years. Uh, oh, yeah. Reeves! No, <laughs> I know, I know that was bad. I know it's a it's a good joke, but no, <laughs> I know it's. Uh, I'm not proud of it either. So. Ah, so I see you will fit in perfectly with this podcast. <laughs> the podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch. Who have never watched Baywatch before. <laughs> um, Make regrettable comments about Baywatch, but not as regrettable as Baywatch as its own. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, God. Pretty much, honestly. Yeah. Um, but once he has collected the names and numbers of these literal teenagers... Um, he goes out to teach his windsurfing class and immediately falls off his board. Um, and then all the women realize it's a scam and Harvey keeps falling into the water and Ben is judging him, um, silently from the truck. Um, and then just as they all go to leave, Ben is like, wait, I'm not done hanging out with these teenage girls. All of you should come back this afternoon so that I can teach you windsurfing. And then... We get a very long montage that opens with Harvey miming shooting himself in the head because he's not the center of attention of these literal 14 to 17 year old women. Um, I have really hated this. this let's, yeah, let's, this let's, this was this was the montage that like really, really filled that stereotype that I've always had at Baywatch, which is, yes, know, this was, mm-hmm. this was, this was daytime boob tube for the, for the nineties. Yes. That's what this was. Yes. That's, and, and it's even creepier when it's like, as you've mentioned, it's just kind of like, okay, so this is supposed to be a school for girls. So these are supposed to be like teenage girls <laughs> yes. yep. and, and they are, they are, you know, like definitely sexualized to like an nth degree. And it's, yep. it's very, it's very, very gross. And oh, yeah, I I at least found humor in it because when it was clear that Harvey was just absolutely full of shit and not Mm -hmm. and not able to teach them windsurfing, they they just, you know, like all of the women or uh, sorry, all of the the school of girls participants, then just one of them just goes like, let's go, girls. And they they turn to leave and just like (laughs) and, and because and because they said, let's go, girls verbatim. I like just immediately like just you know dun, 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 just like <laughs> like it, it was just it was it was needed it was necessary I, I think I even said that out loud and it was just like oh I probably <laughs> I probably need help <laughs> let's let's quickly talk about something uh, important here so I mean mm-hmm. it is a montage some music but one of the mm-hmm. things I realized while researching this episode was something I guess I hadn't been looking that hard into before. And that is that the version that I watch is the Amazon remaster. And then the version Morgan mm-hmm. watches is the original broadcast. Sort mm-hmm. of. What Morgan actually yes. has is a 2001 re-release uh, of Baywatch. Not mm-hmm. the actual original broadcast. Um, yeah. Because the music that Morgan has is different. Uh, and I did find a Spotify playlist that has the original music. That oh, used. and I also have why though? Yeah, we'll, we'll go into that in a sec. <laughs> Trust me, this is, this is good. This is good, and correlated it with a website that lists what's there. Holy shit! Um, so there's three different songs here for this scene. So Morgan's version gets uh, a 
pretty darn good song called Kinda Wanna by Laurie Denae. Uh, yeah, I thought it was good. Uh, so first, let's let's start off with uh, Reeves. Could you yes. read these good lyrics or OK lyrics here? In oh, no. Don't, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> don't worry. We're where? starting off good. Oh, no. All right. Hold on. Where where did this go? I just Baywatch. opened up the chat. Yeah, I in can't. the chat. Okay, in the Baywatch chat. Do I need to go all the way down? Jesus. No. Oh, yeah, Hold yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Okay, today. Okay, just now. All right, you want me to read these? Oh, dear Lord. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, man, I, I already regret all of this. Okay. Um, <laughs> Too late. I don't even know. I don't even know, like, how to... Uh, you know no, what? Just okay, read them. Just read them. There's only, there's only one way to do this, and that's to shatner it up. Here we go. We're going sure. yes. to have to shatner this up. I kind of want to stay when you touch my face that way. When you pull me (laughs) next to you, I lose my head. Control just slips away. I listen hard to every word you say. I spend my time starting, sharing. I kind of want to stay. My senses start to stay. My strength to leave has... Oh, sorry. My strength to leave has left. My clothes are uncomfortable, unsure of what to do. I kind of want to stay. I kind of want to stay with you. You can feel me here so close to you, my dear. I could move an inch and kiss your lips. My ears is to your chest. I forget all the rest. I kind of want to stay with you. So, so that, that felt, is that felt grosser when I did it as Shatner. Yes. Completely honest. <laughs> yes. Like, which, which also I'm saying this out of love. Also kind of perfect for William Shatner. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, Fun fact, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Uh, my mother may or may not have slept with Shatner back in the 60s. Uh, uh, because, <laughs> I didn't need to know that, man. <laughs> uh, because he, he came to her sorority, uh, and I don't know, something may have happened. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> okay. Throwing that out there. Anyways, right. uh, so that's the that's the Morgan's version. Mm-hmm. Um, let me first... Are you telling me I have to read two goddamn songs? Yes. Well, <laughs> oh, you're going to have to read later. You're going to have to read another. Don't worry. Um, oh, man. Uh, the, <laughs> before we get to the Amazon version, let's tell you about the original version. The original version has an actual popular song by an actual popular band. So Ooh. the original song for the scene was Woman in Chains by Tears for Fears. Uh, oh. Which yeah. fits really well. And yeah. the Amazon version is kind of sort of like sounds a little bit like a ripoff uh, okay. of it. So the Amazon version uh, uh, has a song called Wings by Annie Bosco, who is from Nashville and calls herself, and I kid you not, a mermaid cowgirl. Um, Hell yes. That's such a good aesthetic. What if Sequence? I told you she yeah. was like a Christian country musician? Oh man! Not well, a, that would ruin it. Hey, not, not hey, a Reeves. Jesus fish person. No. Hey, hey Reeves, <laughs> how about you read no. this new set of lyrics? No. no. Oh God! Why? Yeah, yeah. Read this new set. Uh, okay. Now I got to figure out how to how to do this one. Um, should I just shatner it up again? I mean, this Go might be my one thing. <laughs> Go for it. All right. Why is it in all caps? Um, That's not the <laughs> subtitles from Amazon. Come, okay? <laughs> I uh, deliver you the okay. goods. You complain. Um, like, what have I ever done to you? Uh, or, what, 
this. I don't know. Um, yeah, fair, fair. Uh, okay, all right. No life's worth living on your own. You're better off safe at home. But wings were made to fly. What's that on the wing of the plane? Wings were made to fly. <laughs> she follows as he leads the way and bites the words she wants to say. Because this wings, these wings were made to fly. It does say because this wings. Were yeah, it does say this wings. That's not my mistake. That's Amazon's mistake. That's 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 mm-hmm. that's the mermaid country artist here. This is yeah. mm-hmm. this is yeah, this is Tennessee Ariel screwing up. This ain't me. Um, <laughs> wings were made to fly. She can't break free the cage. She hides her tears in the rain and dreams of bluer skies. Cause wings were made to fly. Wings were made to fly. Yes, I think that was some- I think. I think that was my version. Yeah, I think that was my version. That that does that song doesn't make sense for this scene at all. Nope. I mean, no. nothing makes sense for this scene because this scene. I was about to say it <laughs> shouldn't exist. Um. Yeah. No. The whole scene was awful. Yeah. The whole yeah. the whole scene is horrible. Uh, I give this scene a F, but with Women uh-huh. in Chains, it goes to like a C minus because that's a great song. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Morgan's song is pretty good. Uh, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, and and there is there is one one note, and it actually took uh, my partner pointing out this to me while we were watching it. Um, she was just kind of like, "Hey, do do you notice that like the people that are actually windsurfing in this montage are not the models that they're using to play like the teenage girls?" And yeah. it was kinda like, hey, wait a second. Um, like, yeah, like the actual people that are so they're training like these girls to like windsurf, and they are. Bimbofo, like bimbofo, like just like completely, you know, like scantily clad, like sexualized mm-hmm. uh, models, more or less. And then they like cut to the windsurfing stuff, and it's all like really like normal to athletic, like, like athletic women in like athletic, like one piece suits, just like windsurfing. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of one of those things where it's just sort of like, hey, hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> I like, see what yeah, you did there. Not- not not even like I see what you did there. It's like you're not even teaching these girls to windsurf. <laughs> oh, you got me. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. you. So anyways, that that was and, and I guess the only other thing from this that was like of any redeeming qualities, they kept cutting back to Ben in the montage like a proud trainer. Like mm-hmm. like they, they cut back to him like doing the double double arm raise like Rocky at the top of the, the stairs, like, <laughs> like, like for over, over teenagers windsurfing. And I was just kind of like, that's a choice. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, just, but oh, yeah, after scene. bad, montage. feel bad. It's not good. No, I didn't like watching it. Uh, but after this, uh, Ian comes to apologize to Shawnee and it's a pretty shit apology where I believe he even says the words, I'm sorry if you felt uncomfortable. Yep. And I was like, fucking really, dog? Like, come on. Um, but Shawnee is totally cool with this apology. And so she puts a rose in his lapel. And then he gives her a whole speech about how he's never going to forget her. Like, you um, don't have to leave the beach. It's a beach. You can still go yeah. to the beach. Yeah. It's- um. But he starts walking away. Yeah. He's really bad. Yeah. He starts walking away uh, when Ron Howard's dad shows up (laughs) 
give him his metal detector back. It's way back. funnier if, if you just assume, like, Ron Howard's dad randomly shows up. <laughs> oh, hey, Ian, my favorite beat right? Nick. <laughs> yeah. You remind he, me when I was your age as a <laughs> in the yeah. early 60s. Mm-hmm. And he, not he LA. Found, no. <laughs> in, <laughs> in New York City, where that's where the beatniks were. <laughs> okay. A new idea. New idea. Yes. Uh, Allen Ginsberg was probably still alive. They should have just got him uh, oh, because he's right? a beat oh, poet. Man. We <laughs> okay, just got him. Allen Ginsberg and just had him read Howl at people. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Hold on. Allen Ginsberg. Let me hold on. I'm I'm legitimately looking this up. Okay. Uh Allen Ginsberg. Uh, yeah. Allen Ginsberg passed away in nineteen ninety seven. There's a non zero possibility that he saw this episode. Uh <laughs> Wait, okay, now we're going to look up Bukowski. (laughs) Charles Bukowski, German poet. Here we go. Um, Born. Oh, come on. It's not in the quick. 1994. There is a non-zero possibility that Bukowski was alive. What about Kerouac? Oh, Kerouac. Here we go. That's the. Oh, now, come on. Kerouac. That's Kurt Vonnegut. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> he was alive. Kurt Vonnegut. Yes. yes, Kurt Vonnegut was alive. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Because <laughs> I watched him get interviewed on the uh, on the Daily Show, like in the early 2000s. So he would have been he would have been alive to see this. Was he I, alive inside, though? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Like, was, <laughs> did he even own a television? <laughs> yeah. uh, OK, uh, maybe the problem is, is that I'm, I'm misspelling Kerouac here. So Jack doing this with one hand okay hold on hold on on. okay jack kerouac here we go Mm? hold on hold on wait for it wait for it uh i I found it i found oh no no not at all he died in the nicest year yeah 1969 yeah yep nice and we went to the moon but in st petersburg florida so (laughs) uh was it that nice. nice Not yeah, not nice. No, not nice. I'm kidding. Nice. I'm kidding. The one Florida listener. I'm sure. <laughs> no, we're I'm not. Sure it's fine. They don't know. They Michael's don't give not. a shit. If they're if they're listening to this, they already know this. Like the podcast where we just say a cab every episode. Like they know what our mm-hmm. names are. Um, I mean, a cab. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and f- f- Florida. Fuck, fuck Florida. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ron Howard's dad just appears, uh, which should have been. Charles Bukowski instead, just yeah, yeah. really <laughs> drunk, pock, po- like pimply Charles Bukowski smoking, going. Do you know any women? Uh, that should have been this character. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it just it, it ended up oddly being enough. Ron Howard's dad, so <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Oh god! But he is uh, he has found. Uh, Ian's metal detector in the trash and gives him a whole speech about how, you know, most people wouldn't have been able to tell that this was still you, but I found your metal detector and now I'm returning it to you. Um, and then, uh, I, okay. So for this scene, I don't know if anybody else felt this. I was like, okay, this is out of nowhere. Is this like a reference to some other movie? Or yeah, something. like what is? I was wondering this too. I don't, I, I, I don't know at all. I just was like this, like this scene was. Yeah, I, like, I have zero e- idea. Even more so than ninety nine percent of Baywatch, this scene did not need to exist. 
Yeah. Yeah. It felt it felt like it was something, but I don't know what. And yeah. it sure as hell wasn't anything. Yes. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. It, this. Um, yeah. But yeah, begs. Uh, yeah. Begs sees this and goes after Ian. And then we go to the next scene, uh, which is that Eddie and Shawnee talk about everything that happened with Shawnee and Ian. And, and that's kind of it. And then Garner shows up. And well, tells oh, them, no, we should say that that Shawnee kind of overreacts a little bit to Eddie not mm-hmm. being jealous. And Eddie, yeah. for like the first time ever in his life, is a normal amount of interested and confused in the situation. Uh, he just yep. has a perfectly normal response of. I, I want to know where those roses are from. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. And she's yeah. like, why are you so jealous? And it's like, okay, Shawnee. Like, whoa. Okay. Calm yeah, down a little yeah. bit. It's because she's yeah. worried because she has feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, the, the description is like, you know, Eddie is jealous that like Shawnee is, is getting these romantic interests like, like from, uh, from Ian and stuff. And like, that's just kind of like, as I'm watching, I'm just kind of like, is he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's just kind of like, I, I don't. I mean, if he is, he's he's hiding it really well. There's a lot of subtle acting going on here that I didn't expect out of Baywatch. So, yeah. And subtle acting is not a thing that uh, Billy Warlock has ever given us in this show before. So. All right. So in that case, it's bad writing. Okay, cool. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right. But at this point, Garner shows up to tell them about the stolen box of jewelry and Shawnee realizes that that's how Ian paid for it. So now now we get another montage, which is Shawnee just kind of walking pensively through Venice with big music video vibes, trying to track Ian down. So I feel like they were extending the episode a little bit with this montage. Yes, really big. Even even my partner was just kind of like, oh, that's why this show is an hour long, because like by the time we hit this montage, it was like, wait, why are there so many montages? Welcome to Baywatch. Uh, This is how. Yeah. And it's and it's Baywatch. But um, also like that. It was a very weird montage because, like, Shawnee enters the cafe to, like, ask, clearly ask questions and then leave. And they, like, montaged her entering the cafe. Like, mm-hmm. they cut splice her going into yep. the door. Yep. And they Both cut the spliced her walking from the door to the counter. And then they yep. split cut to her walking to the counter from, like, that small stretch in between the door. Yep. It was so mm-hmm. it was so weird. Uh like I, I didn't completely understand it. I was just like that. That that all seems unnecessary. <laughs> yep. <laughs> let's let's talk about the music a little bit. So, uh, luckily, oh, I oh. did not get the lyrics for everything because I didn't want to destroy Reeves completely. Thank um, Christ. Uh, yeah, but I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what the songs are. So Morgan gets a song called "I Need Your Love" by Kristen Cook in mm-hmm. the original show. They get Sound of Your Voice by 38 Special. Uh, oh. Yep. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> Yeah. Fucking yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. Man. Original Baywatch fucking ruled with the music, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to see, like, some of the music for this show is insane. Like, I'll, I'll share the playlist later. Uh, it's a pretty 38 insane. Special. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my version gets uh, a song called... Girl, It's You uh, by Tyson Kelly. And I don't hate this song. Um, Ooh. I, I All the songs from this episode, I think, are, are good. Um, and 
Now, the lyrics are not necessarily uh, not necessarily great, but you know what, Reeves? Why don't you, why don't you read these for us? No, no, leave me alone. <laughs> we can't finish the episode this. until you do. <laughs> uh, I feel like we've done the Shatner bit way too much. Um, but You can just read them with emphasis. All right, all right, all right, all right. <coughs> Um, Oh, okay. (laughs) When I call your name, do you hear me sing? You're the only one who makes me feel like this. Give you anything, I promise I won't miss. Girl, it's you. I want to call my own. And it's true. This love is set in stone. Because I can't stop holding on to this romance. And the way you laugh, it puts me in a trance. Give me a chance. Lay beside me underneath the stars. Open up so I can see your scars. Girl, it's you that I want to call my own. And it's true that this love is set in stone. Girl, it's you. How do I get you alone? And it's true. It stinks down. It's it sinks down to the bone. Girl, it's you. I want to call my own. And it's true that this love is set in stone. I um, I want to die. (laughs) Great thing about this show is that I don't even ever read the lyrics. Uh, ahead of time for the original songs, I just tell all of our guests to read them, and they always oh deliver. God. Every single oh time, God. they deliver. And that's why I love about the show. Oh my god! Uh, hey, it could be worse. We've had it could yeah, be much worse. As we've referenced many times on this podcast before, it could be a song about wanting to fuck your brother. Yeah. Ah, well, it could okay. be two songs in the same episode about wanting to fuck your brother. Yes. Oh. Wow. Yep. How? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a very long montage that is kind of boring and really weird, yep. even though it's shot very nicely. Yeah. Um, apparently, they dedicated the entire episode budget to the cinematographer this episode. And yeah. I don't understand why. Um, <sighs> but oh, eventually there was one thing about the montage that I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, and that was it really felt like like at, like towards the end where Shawnee is like starting to get closer to finding Ian, like she's talking to uh, just a woman holding up like a a, a poetry uh, yeah. poster. And I like I could totally tell that one, even though I've never seen any other episode one, they have had to have used this like extra before and two. <laughs> That this extra was never like dressed up for something like a a quote unquote like beatnik like poetry thing, and so you could tell that like while they were on set, it was just like, how do we show that this woman is different from Shawnee and also cool and hip enough to go to a poetry thing? Leather jacket, <laughs> leather jacket. That's that's what they did, and it was just like it was just kind of one of those things where it's just sort of like, all right, fine, <laughs> sure, put a leather jacket on everyone. Yeah, yeah, just put a leather jacket on everyone. Give mm-hmm. give everyone a sweater in L.A. <laughs> in summer uh, on the beach. <laughs> on, on the uh, beach. <laughs> yes. Yep. We're back to this. We, you know what, Morgan? You know what we've never cashed in on? Episode what, one Michael? of this podcast. We were like, Poshmark sponsor us. We want sweaters yeah. because of sweaters on the beach, and we haven't mm-hmm. 
made good on that, and we really need to. I agree. I agree, Michael. We we really got to get those Poshmark sponsorships rolling in soon. I want, or who knows how much longer we'll be able to do this podcast. I want some new sweaters for yeah. In this season, the literal season on this planet is over, and we start the next season also of this podcast. Oh God! Um, I just want some sweaters for the season of the witch. Oh. <laughs> um but eventually eventually Shawnee does find Ian in a in a weird shack on the beach and the whole thing was ransacked but Shawnee is very surprised that Ian is kind of jumpy about that. Um yeah. and so Shawnee's like I'm going to call the police and then Ian's like wait what if instead I dig up the treasure? So he does. But Beggs is there and steals it away. No, no, no. We should, we with should, a gun. We should, we should add. Mm-hmm. Important. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian Ian creepily creeped up on, on Shawnee. And uh, when Shawnee asked why he didn't call the cops, he said, Because I started believing in my own dreams. And I think right. you did too. Which means nothing. It means fucking nothing. Why is that mm-hmm. an excuse for not calling the cops? Uh, and then Shawnee's like, I don't believe in myself. I'm calling the cops. <laughs> I have low self-esteem. I'm calling Garner. Uh, oh, man. Also, it, uh, we've mm-hmm. we've been dunking on Ian's uh, dress for like a lot of this show. Mm-hmm. But this was definitely the, the only actual thing that I have written about Ian's uh, outfit in the entire show is just in this scene specifically because I just have a, a bullet point that says, "Is my dude wearing Zubas?" Like, yes, yes. Like, is he? Is he? Like, I was like, "Those pant legs are quite flowing, dude, and those aren't quite pajamas." Oh, you're wearing Zubas. Oh I, man. T- fun fact, Reeves. Do you know who invented Zubas? Oh, it was a it was a professional wrestler, wasn't it? It, it was, was um, the Road Warriors. That's right. Yeah, it was the Road Warriors. Yeah, the, the weird Mad Max influence dudes invented Zubas. <laughs> I mean, huh. I, I'm I, I don't know if you were to say like, hey, what professional wrestler invented Zubas? Like, I'm pretty sure most people would be like, probably Road Warriors. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, when I think of like flashy, weird zebra pink pants, I don't think of the guys who go, oh, as the guys who would invent those. But I don't know. I I do want to interrupt real quick because I had no idea what Zubaz were. I've never heard that before. So I did Google oh. them and look them up on Wikipedia. And I would like to read the following line from Wikipedia yes, because yes. it is mwah, just Please. very good. Yeah. Please do. Um, although Zubaz began as a line of shorts, the brand was extended into long pants, caps, shirts, and even... And I would like both of you just to take a take a guess here what the final product is that Zubaz extended into. Uh, 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 is it so far? We have we have shorts, long pants, caps and shirts and one more. What's what's the, what's the fifth product? What's here? the thing that you put on a horse? The saddle, a horse saddle. <laughs> Zubaz good horse guess. saddles. I, good guess. I, I wish they would. Um, God, could you imagine like looking back at the Kentucky Derby in like the nineties and just seeing a bunch of like just jockeys on Zubaz saddles did just, I want to live in that universe. I want to live in that. I want to live. I want to live in that multiverse more or less the same, but with that, Uh, (laughs) what was that? 
What is your guess? Yeah, what's what's your guess? What's if you have guess? one? Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna be realistic and I'm gonna say uh, underwear. You are actually very close. Okay. The final product is diapers. What? Uh, <laughs> oh, like the multiple yeah. Zubaz? Hell yeah. I have no idea. Or All I know reusable? is that according to Wikipedia, they made diapers. Oh, God, I want them to be reusable. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Look, look, just like, oh, well, shit. Well, this is going to be a joke for Morgan since Reeves okay. caught up uh, to current I think you should leave. Uh, but you're basically just the Dan flashes of the 90s. Like, you can't handle them because, look, there's so many patterns. That that's why they cost so much. They're so complex. <laughs> you pay you're saying more. it's not worth money. It's because you're saying they're not complex. And look at these lines. You pay more for oh, the man. pattern. You pay. Yeah. <laughs> Reed, um, you really do need to. Watch I do it. need to watch. Yes, I do. I do need to watch that show. It's so good. It's so good. Um. But yeah, we are we are almost done with this episode. Um, however, first, I do need you both to look just real quick at the eBay link I have posted into chat yes. um, for a vintage yes. Zubaz diaper cover Wait, how um, in black and white. Oh, so they're bucks. diaper covers, so they are reusable. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Wait a second. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Is this Bengals? Yeah, I was like, is this the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah. As the Zubaz diaper co- I mean, yeah. Well, go, I mean, go fuck yourself, Bengals, but also, yeah. what? Well, uh, what the Bengals do to you? Um, but uh, Oh, sorry. Did you read the description where it, underneath where it says, Zubaz Nation Awaken? <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> yep. Um, oh, my God. God. The Zubaz uh, Cinematic yeah. Universe. <laughs> no yeah i i need that but also i i don't need oh that. my god no we the don't. most 90s universe <laughs> i want to live in the most 90s universe oh fun yeah. fact fun fact today okay so mm-hmm. uh reeves me a soon episode of this morgan definitely has so vice uh was doing these dark side of the nfl they also did the dark side of the ring which is the pro wrestling version and they just started the dark side of the 90s. So uh, I watched the first episode today with a bunch of uh, friends I watch wrestling with. Is there a dark side of Baywatch? No, uh, but uh, they do hint that there is an episode maybe about Baywatch because they show. Oh, shit. Um, you guys oh, are going to have to do shit. a special episode of that. Going to have to take a yeah. break. So uh, this episode was about Jerry Springer. And, oh, God. and talk shows. And wow. It was quite the ride because I did not know about um, some of the stuff. Like, I also didn't know about that. Uh, that I forget who it was in the 90s. She had the talk show where uh, she basically ousted a guy as gay. And then the guy murdered the other person three days later. And so they didn't hear the episode. Yeah, I did not uh, know any about that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's just like, oh, well, this guy is really into you. Uh, and then he comes on the show and she's like, oh, yeah, he's gay. And he goes, uh, I don't know. I'm pretty heterosexual. And then three days later, the other dude was found murdered. Just holy shit. Yeah. And shit. So there was a court case and they brought her to court and they said, do you think you egged him on? Uh, and like. 
you know, made it worse. And that's why he murdered the other person. And so mm-hmm. this is why all of these shows started like ramping down and Oprah switched her format to interview celebrities. And this is when Jerry Springer was like, nah, fuck it. I'm going to ramp it up. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, Old move, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And the next week's episode is about the Viper Room where uh, Joaquin Phoenix died. Uh, we're also oh, like Reese Witherspoon like got drunk when she was 12 or something. <laughs> you know? Wow. Crazy place. Oh, man. Yeah. That sounds great. This show is great. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's finish up, uh, a not so great show, which is this episode of Baywatch. Um, basically once Ian digs up the, the box and Shawnee finds out what's in the box, um, Beggs shows up with a gun and steals the box and gets on a dirt bike and starts driving away while uh, Garner chases him on an ATV. The and perfect s- cry. <laughs> the perfect cry. <laughs> Somehow this chase is extremely boring. Um, no, this chase I, is I extremely I strongly funny. disagree. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with Michael. I'm with Michael 100%. This was one of the funniest things I've fucking seen. Yes, yes. Oh my God. Reeves? Reeves, do you remember it well enough to describe it? Because if not, I mean, I oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, OK, so at least from from my memory and feel free to jump in to make sure that I'm correct here. So uh, uh, our, our what's what's the name of the criminal again? It's Clark Beggs. Or is it Beggs? Beggs. Clark see, the dead. fun part is his name is Beggs, but his real last name is Clark. Cool. Oh, my God. So <laughs> he's Beggs. Perfect. <laughs> perfect writing. Perfect crime. Uh, Perfect crime. <laughs> perfect. Per- the perfect crime. Which one is he? Um, Clerks or Beggs? I don't know. I don't know. And if we get it wrong on the court order, he gets free. It's um, a double jeopardy. That's how it works <laughs> uh, in TV land. Um, so, OK. Mm-hmm. So he immediately. Uh, so Beggs starts just riding off in, in the dirt bike. And he's clearly he's he's clearly good enough at being riding the dirt bike to that during the entire chase sequence you're just kind of like hey why why didn't you teach the guy you killed how to ride a motorcycle he pops uh, a right? wheelie <laughs> yeah, yeah no he's yeah. like yeah no like i literally have like the the perfect crime popping wheelies um <laughs> he's just like he's just like he's like not only is he getting away he's getting away in style he is yeah. flexing on him as he's trying to get away and so he's popping wings and getting away uh shawnee and ian hop on to an atv to start going after him uh the police officers that they asked to come to the scene are also chasing after uh uh, bags in, in his dirt bike on ATVs and they're going through the beach. They're, they're, they're going through just like the beach on, on these four wheelers and, and the criminals on his dirt bike and he hits and he hits a jump and it's a jump. That's clearly for a motorcycle. But I cannot, <laughs> yes. I cannot stress enough how the, the jump itself is only wide enough for two wheel for like a two wheel motorcycle. And it, that it, is it. It's like it, a jump off of like a mossy rock or something. You know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it is, yeah. it is. Yeah, it is. The reason that I am stressing this is because one of the cops tries to jump it in the ATV with like yep. one side of the wheels. Like so so he's like basically just trying to go up with his right and like rear like his front right wheel and his rear front like back wheel on its right. Just like and he just he just flips the ATV. Just like then just goes like oh yeah. and like just like falls out of the thing. And <laughs> He could have just driven around it. 
Yeah, and then like Ian and Johnny come up, like, "Do you need help?" And he's just like, "No, go after the criminal!" Like as he's trying to yeah. struggle to get up because he flipped his own ATV. And I cannot stress this enough: trying to jump a motorcycle jump that yes. isn't wide enough for his ATV to do it. And um, and to be clear, on either side of the this jump, perfectly open beach that Garner could have yes. driven around this jump. And that's <laughs> exactly. what the other cops do. They just per- yes. yes. But he like what? Anyways, so they 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 then go to the next part and uh, it's they continue like chasing the the criminal down the beach and he's got to go over one more jump. And yep. Again, the jump looks the jump is actually even wider. Anybody can make this jump. And it looks like our our good criminal is about to get away. He's about to commit the perfect Crime. Perfect crime. Then, Perfect crime. And then he hits the jump and he just mid wait, 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 wait. Before we even do that, let's talk about <laughs> how, how what happens is he sees this and he's like, I have to circle back because I, you know, I need to, I need to build up some speed. But before they do yeah. that, they cut to Shawnee and Ian chasing him at the spot, at that spot. And then yes. they cut back, and they realize, oh, no, they're actually much farther back. That was a mistake yes. in their editing, but we'll leave it in there anyways. Nope. <laughs> oh, it was so good that. that you can't see any of the ATVs behind Beggs. Yeah. I was fucking dying yeah. when I saw that. Yeah. Oh, good. So, in other words, Beggs is being chased. You just can't see the people that are chasing him. Right. <laughs> yes. Cool. Again, perfect crime. Yeah. So, um... He goes, he goes for this jump and it looks like he's hit it perfectly fine. The, the wheels are up. Everything's clear. Everything's a go. And then just inexplicably, just like begs, just kind of goes like, ah, and like, let's go of the handles and like picks yeah. his feet up and like falls back into like this tiny little like ravine that like was yeah. a creek for like along the beach, I guess. And yeah. Just kind of like lands like in his back and like the motorcycle flies off and he's just like st- groggy and like struggling to get up. And then like Ian and Shawnee again, no edits showing that they're anywhere near him at this point. Catch mm-hmm. up to him, hit the same jump, land perfectly fine next to him. And then Ian hops off. No, no, no. Like, wait, wha- wait, before oh, he okay, even hops ahead. off, before he even hops off, Beggs is like clearly conscious enough that he's like, I need to take my hands that are wet and put it through my hair and put my hair back instead of running away. <laughs> Again, the perfect, perfect crime. crime. The perfect crime. <laughs> um, and then just like Ian lands it, hops off the ATV, runs up to Beggs, and just one good solid punch knocks him to fuck out. And mm-hmm. then uh, that's it. They caught their criminal. Um, and we have enjoyed our, our perfectly wonderful uh, piece of, uh, of beach copaganda. And, <laughs> enjoyed, and, enjoyed, and enjoyed the rest of our evening, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There is there is one final scene after this, uh, which honestly, it feels like it should have just ended with this. It really should have like this would have been the high note. Yeah, right. Our final scene is that Eddie and Shawnee are on the beach walking around and Eddie, for once in his life, is uh, not mad that Shawnee got hit on a thing that she cannot control. Um, And then it feels like he's about to suggest that they do a poly thing, but he doesn't. And so they're going to go I, on a date, no, he but then he, no. Shawnee 
Shawnee is like, what if instead we just go fuck? No, no. And he's like, I don't mind. No, you are completely misreading the scene. You are you are just mm. reading you are just mm. reading subtext and not what they said, but at the same time, <laughs> uh, it's not wrong. <laughs> right. So, Eddie, um, Eddie, it, it, it doesn't feel at all to me like a Polly thing because he doesn't even talk about Ian, um, but he offers a few ideas of what they could go do. Uh, one of those includes dancing be- because uh-huh. he had never she had never brought it up to him that Ian had taken her or was going to like, oh, do you dance or would your boyfriend take you dancing? So the idea is that Eddie is actually the kind of boyfriend that would go dancing with her. But when she's presented with the idea of I want to go dancing or go dancing with Eddie with my boyfriend, she realizes that's not what I want. We should just tune in, turn in early. And she literally says we should just turn in early and like watch something. And she's happy with that. She's happy with the life she has. She doesn't need Ian. She doesn't need that. Mm-hmm. Ian presented her with this like, oh, look, here's something really exciting. Um, she's like, I'm just happy with my boyfriend and what I got. That's the whole point of that scene. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer to think of them. Or you can make it do some poly shit. I, I don't care. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. not at all. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I read it more as like, you know, Eddie being sort of over whatever random jealousy like he he would have with Ian in the first you place, see, which, that would which never was never happen. really even there throughout the entire episode. So it's kind of weird. Eddie um, would yeah. never get over jealousy. So that's wrong. OK, well, true. Eddie fine. is a piece of shit. It, it well okay well anyways it it kind of felt weird that it was just like after everything we saw sort of like Ian do and stuff like that and and go and get like the apology from Shawnee and like Eddie being kind of like cool with everything at the end it was just like is this a very weird like PSA about how men should navigate <laughs> romantic interests especially like if it's unreciprocated fuck knows with this show not but, from yeah. Baywatch it shouldn't be from Baywatch I I would agree but like I. I've, I, it felt like their bad attempt to try and do that. And it's just like, I don't know. It, it was just, it was, it was clearly like, oh shit, we need to wrap up the episode. Uh, uh, gonna let just, we're gonna circle this and that thread is tied and credits. Credit crime. With that in mind though. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was the episode. Um, sure was now on a scale of one to 10. God help us. Where one is ruining your food so bad that the smoke alarm goes off, and ten is getting your boy toy David Hasselhoff to talk to you about Wuthering Heights. Uh, Reeves, scale of one to ten, where would you rate this episode? So I actually kind of like weirdly enjoyed this because I knew that I was going to be going into this basically just making fun of the episode mm-hmm. for, it, according at least to my recording, almost two hours. Um, <laughs> yeah, but checks out. I, yeah, I, in good conscience, cannot give this something above a five because it's just there. There were so many like obvious things about this episode that were just objectively bad, and um, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna uh, do I do I pitchfork it? Yeah, let's let's give it a three point nine. Uh, Whoa, and uh. Just and just leave it at that. And because, yeah, this was like this was fun being with both of you and like doing this and roasting the show and like knowing that going in and like watching it. That was an Uh actual enjoyable experience. And I do have to give them some credit for as someone who has never watched Baywatch before being able to like 
have a pretty enclosed story for like the 45 minutes that it oh, yeah. went on, you know, yeah. like yeah. I didn't know any of the characters. I didn't know any of their like progression from the start of the season. And yet I kind of like was able to follow along the entire episode and know what was going on and sort of know what every single character that was involved sort of like what their purpose was in the episode. I, we don't give Baywatch enough credit for that. I think they so, do that yeah. pretty well every single episode. Yeah. So, True. so in that, like, so it, I got to give them at least like a little bit of credit for doing that. So <laughs> that's the point one extra. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's what puts it, that's what puts it instead of at like a, a three, a 3.1. We'll, we'll, we'll settle with 3.1. We'll go with that. I Whoa. It dropped right point here. eight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. We'll go, we'll go with 3.1. It was a self-contained episode, but otherwise, like, it, I don't know. It wasn't good. It, and it, this is this is not a good show, dudes. I don't know how you do this. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you weren't able yeah. to make fun of it, I wouldn't know how, you, how, you, how you've made it through <laughs> just well, these two the, seasons. The secret Reeves is making fun of it. Yes. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Reeves, Reeves, what would you describe a 3.1 as being? bad no no but if you can describe an experience <laughs> as 3.1 oh an experience is 3.1 um oh god um putting you on the spot that's what we do that's what you yep, get yep 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 um <laughs> oh the uh <laughs> watching this specific episode of baywatch that's what's <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, that's you know a, what? Fine. A, okay. All right. I was about to say, I was like, that's a really bad cop out. So if you really want to like torture me we'll and just, be like, um, we'll, no, honestly, honestly, you I know, think okay, no, 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 Taking uh, photo booth uh, pictures with like your friends and stuff like that, but then all of the photo booth pictures come out terrible. Ooh, Ooh. Yeah. yeah, that's a three point yeah. one right there. That's oh, a three point yeah. one. That's a, that's a solid three point one reference, I think. I'd say so. Yeah, three one one. Okay. <laughs> um, Morgan, what about you? Yeah, I think, honestly, this episode in a lot of ways reminded me of filler episodes from season one, which is a refreshing change from the filler episodes that we've had in season two. Um, It wasn't nearly as terrible as some of the stuff we've seen in season two so far, with the exception of, you know, the whole plot point of Harvey wanting to sleep with a bunch of underage women. Um... But other than that, it was a surprisingly not terrible episode. So I am actually going to go for the uh, upper range of Reeves's uh, estimate of how high he could rate this. And I'm going to put this episode at a solid five. Um, And I am going to call a five the experience of um, having a bunch of people throw money at you for your metal detector and that's pretty nice because it's way more than it was worth. But overall, your day is still pretty shit because your house gets ransacked and your shit gets stolen. Uh, Michael, how about you? I am going to rate this a 5.4. Uh, Ooh. I rate it a little bit higher because I was so in love with that dancing scene. Uh, it really yeah. it really bumped up my rating. 
a lot for this. Um, and, you know, yeah, this episode has a lot of good laughs at it. Like that chase at the end is just so funny. Oh, my Dude. God. Like, it's so funny. Um, but, like, yeah, it's not a great episode. It reminds me of, as Morgan says, season one filler in that it's like. Mostly just like, OK, like that was a Yeah, that was that was a watch of something that's not horrible. Yep. It's not great. I was like, I'm fine with this. I like this is this is Baywatch. Okay. Um yeah. though I would have liked for it to be more interesting, of course. Um mm-hmm. so I'm gonna describe five point four as the experience of every week it feels like on uh TBS, right before I watch All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. Um <laughs> they seem to always have on Ready Player One. And I've never read Ready Player One. <laughs> And I've never watched all of Ready Player One, but I have seen the last five minutes of Ready Player One, and I've counted 27 times. Uh, Holy shit. Because of 27 weeks of them airing Ready Player One in a row right before pro wrestling. So I can tell you that Simon Pegg is there. I can tell you all about the part where the main characters make out and they talk about Oh, maybe some things are more important than the internet. Maybe we should get off the internet and get laid, you fucking idiots. Um, oh, my God. And the 5.4 is like, the first time you watch this, you're like, oh, this seems like an interesting cast of characters, and there's a lot going on. And you're like, oh, and then you find out it's Ready Player One. You're like, oh, I've heard bad things about this. Okay, but like, it looks it looks like competent. It kind of looks like it shot like maybe a scene from the Deadpool movie. So, you know, <laughs> it looks kind of cool. And you keep seeing it. And you keep seeing it. And you keep being insulted for being extremely online. And you keep being <laughs> insulted for the fact that you're single. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, especially in a pandemic where you're just like, I can't. I can't go there, okay? I have to be online. This is life right now. Uh, And slowly and slowly you learn to hate yourself. And that's kind of what a 5.4 is because I'm used (laughs) to hating myself. So it's like, I get this. (laughs) Like, I'm fine with this. I understand this. We're in agreement here. So, yeah, Yeah. that's a 5.4. Now, you you okay, man? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, reeves you know we're almost done with season two of a baywatch podcast right does any of that scream we're okay um (laughs) (laughs) do you do you see a therapist Uh, um yeah so i so there i was uh sitting on the toilet Releasing 13 hours of of pent up emotions, farting my brains out while reading about why they stopped Greyhound buses in Canada. Uh, (laughs) Let's talk about the next episode. Yes, let's. The next episode of this podcast. uh, Sorry, of this show. Well, and of this podcast is. Yeah. uh, the Big Spill. Uh, and it Ooh. will be a good episode. Uh, let, as always, let's wait, first... Wait, 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 wait. Does that mean that this is like a, uh, a Valdez, like, crashing, like, riff episode? Uh, it's m- more of like a um, 
Stop. 13 hours worth of farts. No, it's, it's, yeah. Stop it. It's, it's an episode where uh, they're like, you got to stop putting chemicals in the water. It's killing the okay. kids. Uh, but also, okay. SP, you'll hear, you'll hear in a second here. Okay, 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 okay. So, first off, as always, we're going to do the Baywatch wiki description and then the IMDb description. So, the Baywatch mm-hmm. wiki description is toxic waste, corporate greed. And a determined environmental spell trouble for the Baywatch lifeguards. Um, we should also add uh, that the big spill is the final episode for Monty Markham as Captain. Thor. Really? Yes. Oh. So it's a special, special episode. Uh, okay. Now, now, the INDB description is Mitch's old friend Lane Brody. A real person's name. Uh, A lifeguard (laughs) turned environmentalist shows up at Baywatch to investigate Trassian Industries, a corporation that has been long rumored to be dumping. uh, They accidentally wrote dumpling uh, (laughs) uh, toxic chemicals into the ocean. When Hobie and his and a friend of his come down with a fever after being after falling into a polluted lagoon. Brody sneaks into the Trassian chemical plant to find evidence of their illegal dumping. <laughs> Which I was some illegal dumping, let me tell you. But, but when Brody is double-crossed and framed for a toxic waste spill by his informant, Mitch and Shawnee decide to break into the plant themselves to find the evidence. Hell yeah. Sounds Captain wild. Planet. He's a hero. Sorry. <laughs> it's the perfect crime as well. Actually. Perfect uh, crime. Perfect crime. Uh, so before we, well, no, actually, no, let's just go into the lead out and then we'll go. Yeah. So I, we're, we're wrapping up this episode. And the first thing I want to say is Reeves, thank you so much for subjecting yourself to this Baywatch episode so that you could come talk about it on this very dumb podcast with us. Anytime? <laughs> Reeves, do you want to come uh, back? We're, we're going to hold you to that. Do you want to come you back know what? for season three, Reeves? Uh, you know what? Fuck it, sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, yeah let's, let's let's do this. Let, side, yeah, you know, side, just side, whatever. <laughs> let's side, go, man. Side point. Um, my vision for season three at least is season. So season one and two, we've established some of our guests who have been like on here once or twice. And then season three is going to be like their second time or their first time. Basically, I'm trying to get people like have two, two appearances and then we kind of reset. Uh, So I'm trying to get people who are new or uh, been on the show once uh, and had their second appearance. Uh, That way we can then get people who are more experienced that's a weird phrase to say with Baywatch. <laughs> More experience our podcast to potentially be part of two-parter episodes because oh, there's God. three two-parters in oh, God. the next season. So uh, we're still we're, we're planning. We're still in planning. Phase. Okay. We haven't figured any of this out or even that's what we mm-hmm. want to do. But that's oh, my, my idea. Um, All right. <laughs> uh, but it's your I doom. mean, it's your doom. Y- yeah. Y- uh, I am a glutton for punishment, but I don't know if I'm a glutton for that much punishment. <laughs> yes, um, yeah, I know uh, yeah, I probably am. No, yeah, you, you are. do know me. I am. You can just uh, tell your therapist <laughs> about it. I'm sure they'll schedule you for like another immediate session. 
Oh my god. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Morgan. Yeah. Please continue. Yes. Yeah. Before uh, before we wrap this all up, Reeves, is there anything you would like to plug? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, we actually forgot to mention this at the the start of the episode. We just kind of gave the people my name, and then I I bullshitted for two blissful hours with you wonderful people. Um, but uh, I, uh, so I'm, my name is Reeves. Uh, I'm a DJ for KEXP here in Seattle, Washington. Um, KEXP is a really great radio station here. We do a lot of really excellent work in terms of local music, as well as just like national and international underground music overall. We have an amazing YouTube page, which has all of our in studios. Uh, it has people like some of the recent ones include like Japanese breakfast and then Ooh, a bunch of yeah. others. So you can like literally just go to like the, the KXP YouTube channel and check all that stuff out. If you want to listen to my show, I am on air 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. on early Sunday mornings after Seek and Destroy, which is the metal show. Um, and if that is not your bag to be up all night listening to my show uh, or waking up up super early. You can actually, we have a streaming archive and it archives all of KXP's programming for two weeks. So you can actually like go to KXP.org slash archive and um, look for, you know, Sundays from, if you just like click on Sundays, like a little a little thing for my show will pop up along with everything that happens on Sundays for KEXP. Um, awesome. So yeah. Don't worry, Check. dear listener. Reeves has very good music taste. I can confirm this. Yeah. Better <laughs> than <laughs> mine. I am a wow. uh, I am an indie head I don't masquerading agree. as a metal head and a metal head masquerading as an indie head or as an indie <laughs> head, depending on depending on the the audience, <laughs> which is which is really good. And uh, if you want to see me uh, also talk about music a little bit, but also um, uh, yell at various people who own Colorado professional sports teams. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, uh, my my handle is at K E X P D J Reeves, R E E V E S as in Keanu. So <laughs> awesome. And we will yeah. include links to all of those in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. And the, the last thing I want to say to all you wonderful people is thank you so much for listening to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School. If you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I'm at Morgan P. Thrap. I'm at Snotsnit, S-N-O-T-S-N-I-T. We'll see you next week. And uh, just remember, hips, lips, and fingertips. That will never get old. We will it ne- really and truly won't. We will never get there <laughs> of hips, lips, and fingertips. Like it, it was there, episode one, and it'll be there mm-hmm. until episode two hundred twenty. Why the fuck are we still doing this? God, I know. <laughs> lips, did I y'all? Fingertips, dear God, why? <laughs> Perfect crime. Perfect crime. Perfect crime. <laughs>